This show may contain naughty language and explicit content. You have been warned. Welcome to Facehammer, an Age of Sigmar podcast. Bringing you product reviews, news from the UK tournament scene, as well as some pro hobby tips. So stay tuned and get ready for some hammer to your face. Welcome to Facehammer episode 47. It's me, Russ the Face. I am joined by Terry Wentworth Miller Pike. Uh, Les One and Done Martin and Byron the Turquoise Man's Order. Yay. I should call you Brian Order, really, shouldn't I? Brian Order. Yeah. Or the Champion <laughs> Order. Well, oh, wait, wait. You ruined it, Terry. Just straight what? in there. Just straight in there. don't know. He like, won. <laughs> it hasn't been out on the internet. You're the for like worst five person. Weeks. Like, you are the worst person. <laughs> um, Terry is the worst face hunter. Yeah. Oh, that's not, no, that's not be cruel. We, we can't be mean to Terry all the time. Why? Okay, I don't know. <laughs> um, Why? Because it makes Les feel better about himself. <laughs> <laughs> He's all the help he can get. He does right now. Okay, so <laughs> in this show, we are going to cover the GT final uh, in sort of rapid speed, just talking about our lists and learning points. Quick maths. Like that. Rapid. Let's, let's, no one um, cares what he did at the final. No they just really want to hear from it's, Brian, it's, don't they? They just want to hear all about Brian's army, so uh, we'll be... <laughs> Apparently, it's um, what I like to call, what we used to call back in the day, cheese. Cheese. Yeah, cheese. I mean, you just newsflash, I can't even unit. eat cheese, guys. What? just can't. It's not even allowed cheese. You'll just take the best thing out of order and just jam it into a list. It's just disgraceful. I and did have know. one unit of judicators, to be fair, so pretty much yeah. net list. Isn't that the Les Martin TM <laughs> It will be judicators. Have you got judicators in your list? Copied me, mate. Unlucky. Mm-hmm. It's like it's. Oh, you've taken a formation that Games Workshops created. Oh, that's my army. So Les Martin TM. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Is so... it fucking have a go at Les Week? What the fuck? <laughs> I'm not the victim. <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking wait, Terry. I'll turn it round. I'll turn that shit round. <laughs> Right, okay, so it's been a while since we've recorded, um, and there's been a lot going on in the scenes uh, since then. Uh, obviously, we, we've been quite busy, and um, we have some cool stuff to talk about, so I'll just quickly talk about new releases and things. Uh, we're going to be doing a Blood and Glory show, so we'll probably talk about Shade Spire a little bit there, but if you don't know, Shade Spire is out, and it's awesome. Um, yeah, you can check out the... Warhammer TV coverage on it. I've been watching a lot of that recently, and that's really that's good. Well. It's very exciting to watch. So, um, if you're a subscriber on uh, Amazon through Amazon or just on Twitch in general, uh, you can watch back the old broadcast. You can watch the. Uh, I think there's about three or four Shades by Games, some tactical shows, and there's the final from um, Blood and Glory as well. So you can watch all those back. So it's pretty cool. Um, new releases stuff. You've got the Citadel paint handle, which is Upload. seems to be going down pretty well, or going up well. pretty well. I don't know how you can uh, say <laughs> it. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, for <laughs> uh, we all need those second. after a, after a long weekend gaming, don't we? Yeah, a butt plug, a horse tail one. Particularly if I've been playing you, apparently. Um, so, <laughs> mate, one yeah. more and that's three wins back to back. Yeah, right. Yeah, whatever. Start calling it fucking Les Hammer. 
Yeah. Do we just count like the 14 or 15 times before that, shall we? They no, were just warlocks, they were they? Taunts. <laughs> that's just got a short memory. Yes, got a very short memory. I'm sure I've beaten you more than three times at a tournament over the years. But anyway. Um, also, um, Necromunda has gone up for pre-order. Yeah. Um, excited about that? You guys played I, it before? I used to love Necromunda back in the day. Um, yeah. So like, the idea of it coming back is really cool. I'm, I'm a bit, I'm not sure about it because I've not really looked into what it, it involves. But like, if it's still got like the RPG type elements to it, where you can um, sort of like you know get a gang and, and build it up and sort of. It does uh, indeed. I have the um, the stuff next to me actually turned up yesterday. Oh, so um, the box game comes with floor tiles. Um, and the bottom of the box is actually a room that you can use in your games. It's like a bit of scenery, the bottom of the box, which is quite interesting. Uh, you get some bulkheads and stuff. You don't get any 3D terrain, like up and down terrain in the box. Um, and you get two, you get Glyos and the Escher, I think they're called, um, the two gangs, uh, and all the rules and dice, tokens, all that kind of stuff. What you do, what they are doing is they're doing a expansion book, uh, which is the Underhive um, which is the campaign rules and the scenery rules for 3D terrain uh, using the Shadow War Armageddon terrain. So, you know, well, obviously any terrain, but that, that stuff's obviously made for Necromunda in a way. Um, so it's pretty cool. Um, I haven't played it yet. I'm probably going to um, let Andy from my gaming group paint up the two two gangs because I think he'd enjoy that and uh, we'll get some games in. Uh, but it looks like it's going to be pretty cool. It does. So, it looks legit. Um, I quite like the Beastman model. I know I'm like the internet's going to explode when they hear this, but you know, this, <laughs> this is just my honest opinion on it. Um, you know, it's just an opinion, um, and I, I really like the Beastman model. I think it's really good. Yeah, that's the. Um, uh, sorry, it's Gang Gang War is the um, expansion. Uh, yeah. That that Beastman that that like he's like a. It's a forge one, isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's a beast hunter or something. Because it's a bit what... like the uh, Blood Bowl, where it's going to be forge world doing the models. I think. Yeah, like gangs will probably be plastic, and then the um, characters and stuff will be um, resin, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I mean it's pretty cool. I mean, I I just like I'm just glad they're bringing back specialist games. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Like I remember when I was a kid, and like you know stuff like Blood Bowl, Necromunda, and all that was always around. Yeah, um, and when the, it, was my jam back back in the day. No, I used to love Battlefield Gothic. Oh, Gothic! So, I love Gothic. Yeah. I just think it's cool that you know there's there is these alternate games that they they're kind of coming back but better and properly um, supported. Yeah, key. yeah. I mean, let, let's face it; it's better than Lord of the Rings, isn't it? So that's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've never played Lord of the Rings. It looks. I used to okay. play a fair bit back in the day, but like I just I just think it's cool that you know it's more different games that i mean like blood bowl is just an iconic game and now the new models the new death roller looks amazing and you know just really cool i mean like they're in full control of it as well it's theirs yeah. which yeah. i mean it, like having had a little bit of experience within work working with licenses and stuff it's very cool and you get to pull an outside audience that you maybe wouldn't be able to reach otherwise but stuff having to go for approval or things like that it like i'm not sure if people realize just how restrictive it can be working with Somebody else's darling when you're a fraction of a fraction of the percentage of the income of that company if it's yours if you think something is the best way to go for it you get to do that no questions asked yeah yeah certainly i think uh, yeah well anyway we can't talk about special games too much but um yeah shade shade spire is is super cool um 
I'm definitely going to be playing that. I have been thinking about doing some mini shows on it um, and maybe getting different guests in to talk about things um, just as when we can't get everyone together. Um, maybe just two people can do a Shadespire thing. Uh, it might be quite cool for people. So um, there isn't a lot of Shadespire content out there because I've basically been trying to absorb everything. Um, so, yeah, I think we might do some sort of short blog 30-minute shows I think that's the kind of content that people play in that want to hear. So uh, let us know your thoughts if you think that's a good idea or not. I'm sure no one's going to say no. Uh, you know, it's just more content. So I think that'd be quite cool. Yeah. Um, what else is going on? Uh, Christmas is coming. Uh, so there's lots of the Christmas bundles and stuff from from uh, Workshop. 400 um, quid hell for. Yeah, man. I almost looked at that. I had I had the credit and I could have returned it. No, okay. Um, so, if if you want to um, get any of this stuff, you can. Um, we recommend you buy it through Element Games, obviously, because um, you get discount and great service. Um, also, not Warhammer or anything related. Something went up for pre-order today, which is the Star Wars Legion game. Have you guys seen any of this? Nope. So it's a fantasy flight um star wars battle game so oh cool very cool very interesting uh, i'll have to I'll, I'll have an eye on how it goes just from like a in that almost academic level because it's it's fascinating to see what will happen with it yeah yeah i'm intrigued I, I know that my gaming group massive on star wars so we will play it at some point so loads of, loads of new stuff out there ready for Christmas. It's almost as if they knew that Christmas was a time that people want to buy stuff. So uh, get your uh, get your orders in. Um, so, um, yeah, we should probably get into the main topic of the show, and that's going to be the GT final um, at Warhammer World. Um, it was a while ago now, wasn't it? It How was. Weeks? Like, Sorry, over a month. Been busy. Yeah, it was over a month ago now. Yeah, I'm going to have a bit of difficulty remembering this event. Um, so um, let's just quickly run through what we took. So um, I took the Stormcast list that Les takes all the time. Uh, I borrowed it off Ben Johnson, so thanks, Ben, for the loan. Um, <laughs> the only thing I changed is I didn't have a unit of prosecutors. I had a unit of liberators because uh, Ben didn't have the models, and I just thought I'd put five libs in instead. So uh, um that was cool. So I took that, which is if you need to go through it again, Les, you might as well do it as you took the same army. I'm going to do it now, yeah? Yeah, I just go through the list. Uh, cool. So Stardrake, Relictor, Castellan, Heraldor, Venator, uh, Liberators, Tunis, Adjudicators, Tunis, Fulminators, Prosecutors, Rajavs. And that Staunch Defender and Mirror Shield on the. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. Stardrake. Just, yeah, just the standard stuff. I know it's just auto include, but I just wanted to yeah, clarify, just in case anyone doesn't know what it is. Just in case. Um, and Terry, what did you take? Uh, mixed Chaos, Lord of Change, with Cunning Deceiver and Chaos Talisman, The Changeling, Gaunt Summoner and Familiars, uh, Zangor Shaman, Three Storms, uh, four, uh, three Storm Fiends with Warfires, 30 Plague Bearers, 10 Plague Bearers, 10 Plague Bearers, 6 Skyfires, and a 100 Point Reinforcement, Bailwind Vortex Pool, which cool. could also be Plague Bearers. Yeah. And Just you, um, as well, like your your um, skyfires are awesome. Really? Yeah, really good, mate. And yeah, I'm, I'm happy of how they've uh, how they've turned out. And you know, you, you must know, I never like telling you you're good at anything. So that must, you know, for for people who are listening, really good. Yeah, they must be amazing. Is that um that was was that all you added? Was the t- the skyfires and the shaman, or did you add any more? 
Skyfires and the Shaman, and I put on a load of new weathering on the Storm Fiends, and you did some, some on the on the Plague Bearers, didn't you? As well, yeah, I remember the and more weathering on the Plague Bearers, and tidied some bits on them, some extra little details. Yeah, just just so they're not the same, but. I don't, you know, I, I don't think people really notice the tiny little things. You have to sort of point them out sometimes. Have you finished the uh, Lord of Change yet? No, he's going to be a heat one finish. It's it's going to take me a couple more month, more months to finish that. Yeah, I'm not surprised. He's looking shiny as f. Yeah, it's um the problem when you paint every single part of the model with a brush in small little like three to four layer wet blends with highlights on everything it's an awful idea i started down that road four years ago i'm still regretting i think i think it'd be an all right on a model that's the size of a normal hero but on the lord of change which is one of the biggest monsters they actually do now with surface areas as well like those wings are massive and they're double-sided so it's just double the amount of work to get those wings done and it's not like they got a top and a bottom like uh like uh, a load of like um, the Carl Franz model or the Frosties, like they have a top, you can paint the top first and then do the bottom if you wanted to, but you've got a front and a back. They're front and back, so you have to do both sides of them. Also, with a model being so big as well, there's like in when it's a smaller model, you can almost get away with some bits not being quite as good as the rest Doing of like it. The last, like the like the second step and the fourth step instead of one, two, three, and four. Yeah, just dry rush it. Yeah, yeah, the other well, the other issue I've had with it is because you have to kind of build most of the model minus maybe the wings yeah. Yeah, yeah. and the and the loincloth is it's really difficult to hold it yeah. and yeah. paint it as well. Like it's just so big. Paint handle. I can, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll just fit that hundred and twenty mil base in the forty mil paint handle, right? Yeah, it's huge. No, what I actually did was. Cling film the model. So yeah. after I painted the legs, I um, back varnished them to seal them up, and then I um, wrapped the bottom half of the model with cling film, so That's I could go and do the head. Stop you from sweating bits off or making yeah, it shiny. You're just touching it, it, you just ruin the model. So done that have before. You, have you seen those paint handles that's got that like that metal bit that comes out where you? It's like a almost like a hand guard on a sword. Yeah, they're lovely. You, you use that to rest that on your hand, so the model doesn't touch your hand. Yeah. yeah. You know, like when cool. you used to paint like a spearman, you'd end up touching the top of the spear and the bottom of the model. Yeah. You just have like a metal bit that separates the model for that. They're um, super nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's probably still a bit big for that, but, you know. So. Well, yeah. I, what I did was put a brass rod. I drilled up inside it where you can't see where the loincloth goes, which covers the hole, and put a thick, <laughs> like, brass rod for it and just speared him on that and held him on that instead. <laughs> Beautiful. He's looking lovely, and I hate you a bit because it makes me think I've got feathers in my army, but I don't want to start down that road. No, you don't. Yeah. It's not good. Well, it is good, but it's not at the same time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, Byron, then, what did you take? Okay, I took uh, what would be my kind of like my standard list with a, a couple of squiggles. Um, so, going into the event, I genuinely thought there was going to be especially following face hammer where um i think there were like was there there was like 13 out of the top 20 armies with seen or stormcast or something like that um i thought a third of the field um in the like on the top tables after the first two rounds was going to be uh change host or Zinch or stormcast which are awful matchups for me 
Um, just like absolutely dreadful. Um, it probably would so, have been if they did Swiss jaw properly. <laughs> well, I still ended up getting them. We'll come to that in a in a little bit. Um, but uh, I, I looked at it and thought, well, I'm going to try out something silly that I've been wanting to try for a while. So I had some skinks that I painted. They're not silly. They're good. Um, but I thought, well, I've, I've been saying Glay got it awful for so long. Um, I dropped them out and then I got all guilty. So I put them back in again in a 20 instead of two tens. Um, and another thing I wanted to try was have more dudes in my list. And because I'm generally using the Vortex, um, try out a Archmage, which is the like the old High Elf model, so the A-Elf dude now. Um, and his spell is a 16-inch bubble, uh, basically a six-up ward. And the idea was everyone would be a little bit more resilient because of that. And if he was on the Vortex, then it was a 36-inch bubble. So my dragon, um, my birds, um, all my little dudes would get this six-up save. Um, like, uh, spoiler, it's awful. It didn't work, but I tried it. <laughs> um <clears throat> So, um, yeah, I thought I'd try that out because I, I genuinely thought going into it, like, well, you've, you've not got a chance of doing well because the moment you do do well, you get punted back down again and you need to win five or six games to uh, to do well at this event in this type of field. So you try out something silly. So the entire list was five Doomfire Warlocks, ten Highborn Spearmen, ten Skinks, ten Skinks uh, with blow pipes, uh, 20 Glaygard in a block, uh, which is 240 points, which is pretty pricey. Five Judicators, who are way better than the 20 Glade Guard. Um, and then the character loadout of a Dragon Lord with Talisman of Blinding Light, which I think is badass and underused, but I still forget to use it sometimes. Uh, that's once a game, minus one to hit against that model for a single combat phase. Uh, good against Blood Letters, good against things with Exploding Sixes, that type of thing. Uh Frosty, frosty general with reckless because there's the the order traits of they're, they're crap. I, I think they're um, they're a bit uninspiring. But reliability on a charge is still reliability on a charge. Um, the archmage, who again was like he was kind of a a good idea, but it didn't end up feeling like he did anything. The lawmaster that, as far as I'm concerned, comes equipped with a dragon. And he's like the dragon's an upgrade for the lawmaster <laughs> yeah a hundred percent like the dragon has gone down in points to 340 but as far as i'm concerned he's 440 points so if i drop the dragon i'll drop the lawmaster and if i drop the lawmaster i would drop the dragon it's like that sounds a bit extreme but i genuinely believe that's how it works no i think that you, it's like that i mean the difference between it re-rolling everything and not is is huge isn't it i mean like they're so swingy, crazy, they're incredibly swingy models. I would, I would give anything to reroll everything on my big monster every game. Like when I used to use my Terror Geist at Blood and Glory, I was like, I just wish I could reroll everything because sometimes you just go, oh, I missed with all the bites. How disappointing! Yep, I mean, I still managed to. A lot of the times, I'll only get two through, and then I won't get one to wound or whatever. But, but if, it, it essentially, make... if you roll three and miss with all of them, and you reroll it and get two hits, that's almost like having two rounds of attacks. Yes, I know it's not, but it feels like <laughs> exactly like that. It's um, it makes you the damages as well. You want to get as much through as you can, right? Don't you? Absolutely. And he's um, that one of the things that the list lacks is rend. It's got rend one in abundance on the on the griblies, but you've got rend two in one place, and that's on those bites. That's it. So you you want them to do stuff, and they're also reach three, and sometimes that's really big with the way that I play. You want them like. 
very often they're the only things that can touch the thing you want to touch and you want to make sure that you can hurt the thing that you can touch so um yeah they they come equipped together entirely um but uh yeah that was the list so it was it was exactly 2000 points um my list does not give a shit about a triumph at all like it's i, I really like building lists at under points because i think triumphs are really underrated um but my list doesn't have a death star and the command ability from the um the general lets my birds re-roll wounds if they're within 10 inches of the general so the, the just the two birds and then as i've already mentioned the dragon tends to have re-roll hits and wounds from the lawmaster anyway um and i don't care about anything else in the um in the army apart from maybe the glade guard um with their rend turn but they tend to stand in mystical anyway so there's there's no reason for me to have it if i had a death star of something then i would build the list differently to try and get a triumph because i like them i do think triumphs are decent i mean it, the problem is is that the you, you can get a triumph but also you need to kind of roll the one that's still going to be the most useful in the game yeah, a few units will benefit it. from any of them. So when I used to play with my own dead, for Morgast Archive, re-rolling hits is badass, re-rolling wounds is badass, and re-rolling saves is badass. So like, you, you, you might like some a bit more, or if you had like, a unit of pop-up somethings um, that went into combat, it, like, it matters more if you've got a combat thing than if you've got a shooting thing. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I love them, and I love playing with them, but my list just doesn't need them currently. Yeah, yeah makes sense. Um, so is that that's your whole army you've gone through that whole list? Yeah, bit weird, but apparently, um, <laughs> just the best Jeez. things in the order faction hobbled together in an army. So uh, yeah, you, you heard it on just Facebook. Rushed so them out. Read it. Um, rushed them out. Sorry, <laughs> four years ago. <laughs> yeah, just just took the most optimal thing four years ago, knowing what this game is going to be like now, and uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like the optimalness doesn't include a Star Drake. As well, which is uh, interesting. Yeah, well, I don't know what the hate is why everyone hates Star Trek at the moment. You playing with it, not against it. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, um, GT then. So, um, probably just I just go through quickly. Day one for me was a bit of a bad day, to be honest. Um, so, first game I played against a Death Army with Arcan. In duality, um, and some uh, Simon, who's actually a super nice guy, um, quite interesting. He had a lot of um, crypt flayers, uh, and they were his battle line with ghouls uh, because he had a crypt flayer courtier as his general, and he had a terror geist. And his army basically is designed to beat Stormcast because he plays his mate with Stormcast all the time. Um, so it's a bit of a bad matchup. Um, I thought I would be okay. Forgot the run of the luck. Um, obviously, I knew that. The one thing that could kill the Star Drake was Arcan, so I went first. Uh, I made sure I took the objectives. Uh, I made sure I wasn't within Arcan range. He then he had his turn. He then double turned me, uh, but he'd moved Arcan into range on the first turn. His second turn, he then cast uh, Cursed Years and he killed the Star Drake in one hit. Um, <laughs> then I ended up killing my hero on the other objective, and then I just couldn't come back from that. So um, I couldn't score the objective points. Couldn't pull the game back. Um, I made a bit of a mistake. I threw the Fulminators away too early as well. Got a very early charge, and I thought, well, it'll pin him in place. But the Flayers, because they're doing the Mortal Wounds on a on a six, just did too much damage to them and just, just took them off over two rounds. So um, 
I was kind of like, oh, okay, they're a bit more. Uh, I didn't quite estimate the the sort of the damage mortal wound output does on the army. Um, but it was a good game. I learned a bit. It was quite nice to play a deaf army, and I thought, oh, that's actually some some interest in that army for me. Simon did buy me an awful lot of drinks. Um, he just kept buying me drinks, which was great, and it was awesome, and um, it was nice because it kind of inspired the deaf army I took to Blood and Glory. Can I say it's a it's a bit of a like it's a random thing to happen. Well, it's not a random thing. Um, it's a sad thing to happen to your Star Trek game one, but it got some cogs wearing in your head, didn't it? Yeah, and, and to be honest, today like it's not nothing I could have done about it. It wasn't it wasn't a mistake on my part. Um, wouldn't have played differently. I couldn't have played any differently to avoid it. Um, you know, it was a bad matchup in that scenario, um, and he got the luck where he needed it, and you know it was a good game, and we had a we had a good chat, and it was nice to just you know knowing the way the game was panning out, just spending a bit of time getting to know Simon a bit better. Um, we spent most of the weekend catching up, and he was sort of talking to me at Blood and Glory when he was going around photographing stuff, so he was talking to me quite a lot on the weekend. So it was a positive to come out of that game, to be honest. Um, so it was it was a good game. It's just uh, I, it was very quickly decided in the first couple of turns how it was going to pan out. So there you go. And that was my game one. Game two, I played against uh, a chap with a deaf... Uh, I sort of looked, and I thought, I'm playing deaf again. Brilliant. Um, and he had loads of skeletons. Um and I was thinking, okay, so the scenario where you need 20 models to, to trump a capture, because uh, it was total conquest, um, he had 120 skeletons in the formation. Three blocks. And I was like, so this is now going to be a really hard mission, because I haven't got units of 20 or more models. Um, I did manage to play quite a good game here, and I um, I used a sweeping force... Um, to clear off his um, units one at a time and basically using the bite of the Star Trek to kill the banner, uh, stop the men coming back. Um, and just the sheer amount of damage output the Star Trek does to Horde's units is just pretty crazy. Did you play, like, aggressive battle for the pass? Um, I just basically had, on one side of the table, I played a very holding game, and then I took the force of... Um, so I used, like, Liberators and Adjudicators to hold down one side, and I used the Fulminators and the Star Drake to basically what I call like a sweep around the table. Um, I've got a there's a series of articles going out on the um, uh, the community website that I've written about the scenarios. Uh, Knife to the Heart's gone up already, and the next one will be Total Conquest, which should go up soon, probably this week. Um, and you can read about that that tactic in there. So check that out. We'll put a link in the blog um, in the post. But yeah, so that was a, that was a win to me. It's a major. It's nice, nice to play the chat. I can't um, can't remember the guy's name, but he's from a another podcast. His name's as Jamie. Well. That's it. Yeah, and he's from Tabletop something. Tabletop painters miniatures. He's a commission painter, I believe. Uh, but he, they've got a, they do stuff. So you also gave him tips, didn't you? Because you beat him, and then he just beat yeah. everyone for his the rest yeah, of the tournament. I told him that what he should have done with the Star Drake. I think he had a. Um, he had some sort of dragon. I think he had a zombie dragon. Yeah, he did. He had a zombie dragon. And then yeah. I said, what he should have done is just pin the Drake with a zombie dragon, and and just you know because it it can't really deal with monsters. Um, and he did come run up to me at the end of the event, or well, like round five or something. And goes, oh, I just did what you said, and it worked really well. And I was like, oh, that was a good thing. Playing on quite high tables by the end of it. Like, yeah, he did well. You beat him he wasn't, He was always around where I was, so it was kind of like we were around the same time all all event. Um, 
it's just been a lot. It's been a long time since the event, and lots happened since then, and so it's hard for me to remember. Uh, but yeah, it was um, yeah, it was good. He was a nice guy actually, and um, it was uh, it was quite an interest. I think they do a lot. Of, he does a lot of forty k as well. So, um, but it was I got to know him as well. So it, basically, by by round one losing, I kind of was just like, well, I kind of feel like that's it now. So I was just kind of relaxed, and then um, round three, I ended up playing Les. Um, yeah. which I was kind of a little bit surprised at. And then uh, we worked out that it was to do with where you stood in the queue, which wasn't amazing, to be honest. Um, Especially considering who we stood by in the queue. Yeah, Dan Ford, was it? You? Dan Ford, <laughs> Ben Curry, you. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I was, we, we basically ended up playing, and um, we were playing Battle for the Pass. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, uh, I took the table, I took the position early, uh, banking on the fact that um, hopefully I could I could basically absorb your you know your your counter attack and then use uh, hopefully win the turn roll. Yeah. Um, but you double turn me back and I gave away you know, Formulators a bit cheaply as well. So um, I should have been a little bit more cautious of them, but I ended up losing that game. Uh, but I think it was quite close. It wasn't it, like no, it was. I think, like you said, it, it could have gone either way. I think you you put when your four minutes come down, you deployed them on the backfield, and if you'd have made the nine inch charge, then the game would have been completely different. Um, I think because you would have gone into the back of my army and cleared a lot of stuff off, um, and then I would have had to spend like diverted a lot of like of my force to deal with them, which would have let your star rate run amok. Whereas, um, you know, when you push forwards it allowed me to get sort of like my formulators into your star rate, wasn't it, early on? And Yeah, I think you you got a bit lucky on the bites from the Drakes and did you basically took my Star Drake down to a single wound. Yeah. Um, which I thought I would absorb that charge a lot better. And then I would be able to basically use the Herald or to retreat and charge, come over the top and get into your back into your squishy stuff. Yeah, um, but I did do that with my one wound. I still managed to clear off, like, I think, three of the units on your objective on your home. Yeah, I think you got rid of the definitely. You got rid of the liberators. No, you didn't. Uh, you got rid of the judicators, didn't you? And a couple yeah. of the heroes because my liberators are in your backfield, weren't they? So yeah, your liberators fighting my liberators. Um, yeah, I had a, I had mystical and I had swords, didn't I? So they they kind of beat your hammer guys. Um, yeah. I was trying to remember the game out, and I remember my my venator missed, and yours one shot my castellan. Yeah. So I felt like, um, I, whereas I could blame luck, um, I don't think I played the first turn as well as I could have done. Um, but no, it's it's, it's, it's one of the mirror match mitigating stuff like that is it's kind of part and parcel of negotiating it, whether you get good or bad luck, isn't it? Like, I think as well, like if, if when Les charged into my Star Drake, he hadn't done quite so well, or if I got into the back with the Forminators on the first turn that I dropped from the sky, um, then I would have been going, oh, I played it right. But because it didn't work, you sort of say, oh, I didn't play it right. So it's like, it's not really like a right or wrong, is there? I mean, it's kind of like, like you take Would you do the same decision again? If if the answer's yes, then it was the right decision, regardless of whether it worked or not. I think I would have not done the backdrop, if I'm honest. I think I would have kept them... Um, as a second wave to counterattack what he put into my Star Drake. 
Yeah, I mean, with obviously, I've played a lot of games with with that list now, and like, I'm quite. Even though, like, we, you know, I got a little bit lucky with some of the explodes on the formulators. I've, you know, on average now, like, what I think two two formulators of Killer Star Drake in three turns, probably. I think maybe unless I get lucky, um, just with the mortal wounds. Um, yeah, I've, done it so, I've done it so many times now. Like I've, what I've killed, I reckon I've must have killed four star drakes with two formulators. Yeah, I, I know it definitely happens, but that's why I, that's why I was like, well, I'll let you go in and do some wounds, then I will retreat out and I'll use my other stuff to try and kill the formulators. Yeah, but I should have had a formulator unit ready to countercharge your formulators. Yeah, it's... but I gave them away. That's the kind of the only thing I think I did particularly wrong. But I think I. As the game panned out, I think I played it quite quite well. But I also, the one thing I said to you at the table was I think what I should have done, because you're more experienced with the army, um, I, and the problem is, is once I, um, I kind of dictate that pace of the game, I put my stuff in motion, it's very easy for you to make decisions because yeah. there's stuff already happening. Whereas if I left a blank canvas... And said, "You go." Then you have to make those judgments, and I think that's almost harder. And then I think I'll scramble better than you because I'm, I'm I consider myself a better player than you. Um, Dick. Well, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know yeah, what I'm I mean. Sure. Like, like in yeah. terms who's, of like, who's the master, you know. <laughs> in terms of like, I think I can play that game better. But whereas yeah. if I'm if I've done that first turn, I'm kind of. I'm kind of putting myself out there, but I'm not experienced enough with the army to do that in the most effective way. And then I'm almost giving you easy decisions to make. Because they're, cause they're obvious rather the than open. And it's obvious. It's not a blank, it's not a blank canvas. Yeah. We're talking about this more and more when we chat about games now, aren't we? Like it's, <laughs> it's definitely a noticeable thing, like just allowing, giving someone more opportunities to make mistakes with like the more decisions you present people with and the less obvious they are where it's like, like no one's in your grill like pick where to go rather than like deal with a unit x when you know exactly what should kill it from your army it gives you a lot more opportunity to make mistakes if you're just like uh i'll go over here yeah i think that's um <coughs> excuse me i think that's uh key as well when you've got an army that's very quick and can react to things whereas um if you've got a slow army or an army that kind of pops up then it's it's where it is um sometimes it's difficult to make that first turn i found that with the night haunt as well like when you do those initial pop-ups of your units that is almost dictating the game so you've got to be really careful how you spread yourself out yeah um but then you find your opponent because you've got so many of the same unit they just decide i need to put one thing into one unit one thing into one unit one thing into one unit which is probably the wrong thing to do. They should put three things into one unit, kill it, move on to the next. Um, but they kind of, you end up going like trade-offs on a, and because of the swinginess of the dice with the combats in Nighthorn, it's like you might decide that in one side of the table you could have two exactly the same fights, three, three Spirit Hosts against five Liberators. One side of the table, the Liberators just completely clean the unit off. The other side, the Liberators get taken off in a turn and a half. And it's like it's completely swingy and mad, and you just don't know. That's kind of what I like about the Night Haunt. But um, anyway, so we played that game. Um, I thought you played 
you obviously played it really well there's because you you obviously know the army as well and it seems like recently it's quite a funny thing because when you used to play you used to automatically think oh i'm gonna lose yeah and and because you've we've played a few times now and and you know maybe the matchup wasn't great and and stuff and you've been getting better as a player you've been beating me and now you don't you don't go into a game against me thinking I'm going to lose you go into the game thinking I want to beat you and you almost try harder because it's me now yeah which is a distinct difference than how you used to play me back in the day yeah it's I think because you almost think, just go in defeated if that makes sense yeah I, I, every game now every single time I play someone I try and smash them now. And like even halfway through that game, um, I, I think it was turn. I've got it in my book in front of me. Um, I think it was turn three or turn four. Yeah. I felt that I was up, and I was like, I could almost take my foot off the gas. And then I like literally wrote something in my book saying, "You're playing Russ. Never take your foot off the gas." Yeah. So like, and, and it ended up eighteen three on the objective. So it was eighteen thirteen. Sorry, on the objective. So it was yeah. still really close. It was really close, and it came down to a key, a few key things, didn't it? It was. Uh, you know that was a really good game actually um but i mean that ended my day on one win and two losses so i was pretty uh, a bit dejected at that point really but i kind of it kind of uh, reinforced the point people make about uh taking a in bunny ears netlist though i'd played with the army before it'd been so long since i played with that army i just wasn't practiced with it and it didn't it wasn't um gelling with me as as it probably should have done because I wasn't in the mindset, and because leading up to events last year, mentally I was preparing myself. I wasn't practicing, but I was preparing myself mentally. This year, yeah. I literally don't even think about it. I just turn up and play, um, yeah. and I think that's that's kind of allowed me to fail in some circumstances. Um, Do you think some lists are harder to practice in your head, bunny ears, than others? Like- definitely. Um, I mean, like I found. I've had a really interesting year, which is probably when we get to the end of the year, we'll probably do like a year recap. But I've just played so many different armies um, over the year and borrowed so much stuff. And it's just given me a really good understanding of the different armies and what they do. And although I had it kind of, you never really get the same unless you play with it. Um, so I'd, I'd say to people out there, if you if there's an army you're really struggling with, just just borrow it from somebody and just play a tournament with it. And you'll find yeah. out all the weaknesses because you'll play people who know how to beat it and they'll use it against you and you go, Man, I wish I wish I did I, I now know how to deal with that army. Um so, you know, it's been it's been interesting. But that was that was my day one, you know. It's it was it is what it was. Um I I did go in I I feel bad for the people I played on day two because I was I was properly on it. I wanted to not lose again. So um uh yeah, so some people got the full on face treatment on Sunday morning unfortunately uh, for them um, so do you guys someone else want to talk about their games and we'll go from there I can go for mine a bit quick because they're pretty straightforward because you've already covered one haven't you? which yeah. is yours um, so yeah like, I first game played Craig Nambar um, with the Jack Armstrong list that took out face hammer like the week before which is the um, 30 liberators deploying into combat vanguard wing with a star Trek. yeah um, and <laughs> Uh, yeah, and um, apparently it's unbeatable. But um, but yeah, I, I beat Craig. It was um, I think a lot of that was down to experience of the list and obviously the 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 actual scenario. So and it's a bit different when Jack's not pushing it around. It's a bit different. I mean, I'm no disrespect to Craig because I had a really good game with Craig. But you know, things went my way. Like you know, this um, 
I shot the star shaded arrow because uh, the problem with the list that that list is that if the Castellan buffs the Liberators, the Star Drake's not buffed, so you can kill the Star Drake. If he busts the Star Drake, then you can kill the Liberators because you've only got one. Mm. Um, so he buffed the Liberators and then was at a range for the Star Drake and he put it on the objective. So I moved two Liber- two Formators over towards it, shot it with the Night Venator with the star shaded arrow thinking even with the minus two to hit it's a four up so i hit it i, I hit it i wounded it he failed his armor save i put six on the dice struck wall and put nine damage on it first turn classic les roll just yes. always does nine wounds with the venator just yeah standard well it didn't in the it didn't uh, blood and glory but it was it generally was really always overperforms the night venator for me um and yeah and then the fulminators took i got double turned in the fulminators and rain of stars took the star drake off um so then and duality of death that's pretty much game then isn't it and he's got two heroes, and I've got five. So yeah. that's, you know, it was over. Um, um, I then got to play Dan Ford in the, um, I can't remember the name of it, the one with the, the staggered um, mission. Total Conquest. Total Conquest. Uh, yeah, played Dan. Um, and, you know, I, it was a, quite a close game, considering that, you know, with 120 blood letters, you would think he just takes my army off. Um um, and it was, yeah, it was really close. I think there was a couple of instances where if I'd got the priority role, um, I would have, I would have had the game. Like, I think we, it's damn beat me, but it, it was really close in a couple of instances. Like, um, if I'd got the double turn, you know, like fulminators into the side of a unit of blood letters and put liberators in front of it so that half the blood letters have to pile in towards the liberators, even though they're not in range because they're the closest unit. So it limits the amount of attacks going into the fulminators. So many people play this wrong. Yeah, um, it's just, it, it, you just limit what the attacks can. I mean, I don't know if you want to sort of like, you probably explain it a little bit better than I can, Russ, um, over the um, podcast. But it's very hard to explain. It, uh, basically, if you read what the words say um, <laughs> in the rules, um, yeah. when you pile in, you pile towards the nearest enemy. You have to finish a move closer to the nearest enemy model. That doesn't mean that's a model within three inches of you or in no. combat with you. So if you've got a big unit of 30 guys and you've got a unit on one side and a unit on the other side, you can't pile in and be out of coherency. So what you will end up doing is, in order to pile in, you almost want to, like, um, the guys half draw a line between your two units and everything on one side of the line has to go one way and the other on the other side of the line has to go the other way. So you can't you can't got to do... play like Moses, aren't you? Yeah. And I did it to I did it to someone with my death. I was putting three mobile things at three different, almost in like a triangle around a big unit, and you just literally can't pile in. You just you just can't. You get like four or five attacks on each man, and yeah. and it's like they're just like, oh, how can I move? And they start piling. You go, no, they can't move that way because they're moving further away from that guy who's the closest. But by moving the other way, he's out of coherency here, and you can't. So it's hard yeah. to explain. But basically, if you just draw lines, but between your models or you know and you go well that's that bisects their unit then that's where they have to go yeah so like i put the liberators five inches away from the front line of blood letters and they're still closer than the fulminators were on the corner so it's like you have to pile in towards those liberators and you can't attack them um so i did that on two units of blood letters and and basically killed two units of blood letters and if i'd have got the turn i would have then took off another unit of blood letters and then that would have been one left and you know i I don't think that dan's army can survive with just one unit of blood letters um but it was close dan beat me it was a good game it was real fun and we finished with loads of time as well it was great um and then me and you played for us, which was cool. Um, um, really, you know, as we said before, it was like a, it was a good game. Um, 
and it was quite close. Um, I've got then, I played a guy called Pete uh, next, and I, I'm really sorry. Oh, it's Pete Mile. No. Is, is it not? It's Pete Mile, one of the brothers, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, the Bruce, the Bruce's. Bruce Hammer. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, day two, though, isn't it? That's, oh, yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah, that's day two, yeah. Sorry. That's right. We'll yeah. leave that. We'll leave that for after the break. So cool. uh, we'll try and break it up a little bit. Yeah, you don't need to just talk about no. people. No, it's fine. Um, cool. So you ended day one on what? Two, two major wins. Two major wins and major losses. Yeah. Um, Terry, how did your day one go? So game one, I played the chap you played second. So Jamie with the 120 skeletons. Yeah. And the zombie dragon. Um, this was in Duality of Death. Um, he only had the slow heroes plus the zombie dragon, but I changelinged the zombie dragon, so it was nice and slow coming across the table. Um, this was a great matchup for me. Gaunt Summoner just climbed up on his Bailwind, hit up a unit of 40 skeletons, one-shot them like a boss. Um, he killed... 40 skeletons? He didn't do one-shot, it did it. He battle killed shot. 27, and well, then the battle, battle shot, shot killed the other oh. 13. Oh, okay. So he, he killed 40... Because he put um, Inspiring Presence on one of them. So I was like, well, cool. I'll just Hit I'll tag up another one. Yeah. Um, and then the next turn, I got another 40. Then the next turn, I got almost another 40. But he, he himself killed about 105 skeletons in three turns. Because uh, the Bellwind's not stupid at all. <laughs> it's so good. Um, yeah, the game was... Um, it was a bit of a bad matchup for him and I got the first turn to go up and do what I wanted to do, get my spells off, get in a good position. Did um, um, With the changeling, um, where did you deploy him? Um, in his deployment zone right at the back. He had nothing that could move in the hero yeah. phase because um, obviously you've got that smaller deployment zone yeah. Um, where you don't get the sides. So I just put him right at the back, sort of in the corner of his deployment zone, which would be, was it 9 or 12 in from the side? 12. Um, and that just, you know, he, he couldn't get to me. So No, something I found really interesting that I didn't realise until I was writing my article and I got the map out, I got the little card from the Warlord edition. Yeah. Do you know the territory in most games is like a halfway point down the table? Yeah. In duality, it's only your deployment zone. Yeah. So when you get abilities that say when in your territory, they just don't do anything if you're outside your deployment zone. Yeah. Which is really unusual because most of the games, it's like you bisect the table in half. One is blue, one half red. If you look at the map, it's only the little box is, is actually your territory and the rest is neutral. Yeah. It, I, I sort of see that as a fix to the changeling by having yeah. that small bit of territory because it stops you just deploying on the objective and going, well, that's mine for the rest yeah, of the game exactly. now, so you've lost. Um, so, you know, if, if that was intentional, then, uh, yeah, well done. I'm not, I'm not sure it was. But um, <laughs> the uh, what you've got to remember as well, if someone sets up but they don't move, they don't actually yeah. have the objective. Yep. Which is quite um, interesting. That's going to come up later on. <laughs> uh, blood and glory. Blood and glory, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so... Bit of a bad um, matchup for him. Good rolls for me, and the Gaunt Summoner was just a boss. Um, game two, I ended up on the stream. Um, I played a Sylvaneth guy. I have written his name down. Sylvaneth guy. I've, I've yeah. written across something, and I can't actually make out what I've written. So I will find out what 
the guy's name is and uh i'll put it in the in the comments section thing in the blog and just say who i actually played <laughs> um but yeah this was um a game where the skyfires just did what people hate about them when they complain about skyfires when you shoot derfu and you just hit him for 12 mortal wounds on the first shot and go well he's dead and then you point at something else and roll mortal wounds and then that dies and then you just keep rolling fives and sixes and everything you point at just dies i I just felt a bit sorry for for this guy and he had a nice unit of 30 dryads which uh, got one shot by the gaunt summoner who killed 20 i believe and then the others just obviously died to the battle shock um it went downhill very quickly um this was one of those games where you'll they'll get oh i rolled you know five you know i rolled my five dice and rolled five sixes or i did this and i got you know four 12 inch charges in this is on the stream you can actually see how how stupid this game is because every single dice just went pretty much perfectly um I'm glad it it was on the stream as well because I got proof that this game actually happened. Because <laughs> when I talked to people afterwards, I was like, "Oh yeah, I just you know did twelve wins to this, then twelve wins to this, and yeah, one shot that." They just thought you were doing a Terry Pike TM battle report. TM battle report where everything just worked, but it was it was on stream and it happened when I um when I just shot Durfu off for the twelve the twelve hit um, mortal wound. I, I was just looking up Martin and Dan, who were commentating, just looked over, like, put their arms in the air, and they're like, what? I was like, yeah, average. <laughs> average. <laughs> just averagely rolled all fives and sixes. Um, but I only hit, actually hit with four um, shots, but I did roll, like, three fives and a six or something on the D3s. So did exactly 12. Um, got a win in that game. And then round three, I played uh, Mark Casely again, Sylvaneth. And this was, which scenario is this? This was Battle for the Past round three, wasn't it? Um, interesting game, this one. Um, very close. I think if uh, Mark had won second or third priority that I won, the game could have just completely flipped and, and gone the other way. Um, it was, he went for a... Uh, What's the is it the revenants that scout in at the back tree, off the uh, board yep. edge? Three revenants. Um, he went for the revenants into the gaunt summoner to try and to kill him before he got up on the bailwind. Um, they went in and didn't really do much, um, and then he got up on his bailwind, pushed them away, and then just bolted them off and shot them. And um, yeah, this this game again was uh, the skyfires were just just on point, blowing stuff off, killing uh, his units of hunters. Um, they actually outranged his hunters because he didn't want to come too far forwards, but the Skyfires were quite happy to just use their long movement and then get into range and, and just pick them off when when needed. Um, he did fail a, a mystical on the um, unit of three um, bow ones at some point that could have been quite big, but... Um, that was the turn where uh, he'd, he'd already just lost the turn roll and it, he'd sort of got set back a bit. But um, pro- probably my one of my best games of the weekend, I'd say, actually. That was... It Mark's was really good. These days as well, isn't he? Like, he's, yeah, he, he played yeah. a really good game. Like like I said, if he'd have got that second... I think it was the second priority roll. If he'd have got that, the, the game probably would have been over because his scythe hunters were in a good position to actually probably clean up one of the objectives and take the lead. I'll tell you something, the Bristol boys are starting to get, you know, 
starting to get tasty, aren't they? Like you've got Sam Davis, you've got Stuart Candy, you've got Sean Lang, you've got Mark Casey. Mark's, Mark's always been a bit tasty. Yeah, but like, <laughs> not in a, a gaming way. Fermented like in, a, in uh, fermented in factors. <laughs> yeah, in a sexual way. Um, but, yeah. You know, but generally, like the Bristol boys are like you know getting there, aren't they? They're, they're a bit yeah. except I, for I, Russ. Except for yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We 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 were drinking a bit in our game as well, and actually, for some reason, I got on the gin, um, and it made me go really odd. It made you go really sad. It was over that. It made me. Deep. It made me really sad. Like it, I was really happy for a while, and then it just made me go really sad. Ben Curry came up to me, and he was like, "Yes, Terry's going to sit next to the table." And he goes, "I'm really like, he's like really pumped of it. Like you know, having a go at you for for an hour whilst we were eating, and um, and you were just really sad. And he's like, "What's wrong? Why is he like?" And he just couldn't bring himself to be a knob to you. Maybe that maybe that's how I get out of him being a knob. I'd just be sad around him. <laughs> he said to me, he goes, what's wrong with him? And I was like, I don't know, it's over the gin or it's because I bullied him for about seven hours. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I did bully you for about I seven did, hours. I did get a lot of bullying in the car on the way up. Because did we get stuck in a lot of traffic? Yeah, standard when you go up north. I don't, don't know if we did or not. I, I can't I, remember. Didn't Everybody... I take a picture of, of you in the back and you had a red hoodie on? And I was like, that He's trying could... to look like me. He's trying, was it or was that blackout? I can't remember, but I can't remember. There was was this. It might have been face hammer. It, it was face been. hammer. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we much. wore the same clothes. <laughs> not literally. Not literally. Not literally. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, so my day one, three major victories. So I was I was looking good for a uh, a championship there. There you go. And uh, speaking of looking good for the championship, Byron, how'd you get on? Um. So. My first game was against Lee, who came to Facehammer uh, with uh, like the Glockkin and Nergly Pergly host, and it was my. I turned up, and it was the duality of death uh, character scenario, and like my first thought was like I was a bit sad because I turned up and I got a really good matchup against that army anyway, and that's my best scenario, and I was kind of hoping I'd get it later in the event. Um, yeah, when you're playing Zinch or something, you know. Yeah, exactly that. I was hoping I'd play someone with like. 18 Skyfires, two heroes, and I'd be like, well, you can kill me, and my bird stood here, so I still win. But um, uh, I got it out of the way nice and early against an army I was really well matched up against anyway, like a non-shooting combat-based army that doesn't like being debuffed, and my army just did what it did extremely efficiently. Uh, Lee was lovely, um, but it was was a bad matchup in both army and scenario. That one was fairly over fairly quickly. Because I'd got um, max points, um, actually not because I got max points, because the the draws weren't being done Swiss at this point, I'd got a win. So I faced someone else who got a win, and I rocked up to see my favourite army at the event, and and, uh, one of my favourite people as well, but I just thought I was absolutely pooped. So I played Brian Carmichael with his incredible Slanesh list, because he started thinking about writing armies now, rather than just spamming the same thing five times. And... um, the list's incredible. It basically teleports either a unit of 15 Slanesh knights or 40, although it was 35 because you had 35 painted um, Slanesh marauders, nine inches away from you with sail. And the entire formation's got plus like one or two movement, and the musicians on the knights gave you plus one to charge and run anyway. Um, and in, uh, is it Total Conquest that was game two? The Wiggly yeah. Piggly one. Um, 
like it, it was just a perfect army against me because one of his command abilities gives you double, double piling, so it doesn't even matter if you got chaff. And my list doesn't have that much chaff. I, I can't afford to give it away when he's got a unit of 30 demonettes that trump, uh, 35 marauders that trump, um, and then like a soul grinder, four characters that just buff whichever unit he likes, uh, the Gaunt Summoner, um, he's got some skirmishing Ungor in there. It's just, it's, I think it's one of the my favourite lists I've ever seen. Like perfect summoning pool as well. Um, I looked at it. And I was just like, well, like what? Uh, like what do I do? It, like took two minutes once I'd understood just how good his list was against me, and then I deployed like a complete idiot. Unless he didn't make his charge, I looked at it, and if he made his charge, he just wins. Uh, like this was my worst matchup of the entire event. And all I could do was, like, sit there, take my two minutes, nothing I can do. Nowhere can play it differently that I could work out at the time anyway. So um, I just uh, I just deployed, left him an absolutely, like, a, a, like a, a too risky bait. Like, it, he would have been an idiot not to take it, and he didn't take it because he's not an idiot. Um, so he did take it because he's not an idiot. Um, and uh, then he failed his charge, which is, like, a one in... It's, like... It's a six, it's like an, isn't it? Or is it a five-inch charge because of the extras on the... Yeah, yeah, so if he gets a six, he gets in. So, um, like, five on 2d6 is, like, it's 80%, basically, um, that you get that. Didn't have a reroll or anything, but he had plus three to his charge, plus two because they've got movement ten or more in his formation, and plus one because the musician. So um, I uh, he didn't make his charge, and then I, like, that allowed me to kind of then start playing things on my turn still was a very close game um although i realized at the end that we hadn't been we'd just been taking one point for the things not two points if you um if you steal an objective so i think it wouldn't have quite been as close um but uh uh we got to a point where i think there was i didn't get greedy and charge a couple of things in and that was incredibly important so i blocked up his knights with one bird um did a bit of damage to them but they were immune to battle shock anyway and there was 15 of them and they got three wounds each and they're like they're bloody indestructible they weren't doing much damage to me i got my spells off um but then i, I sent one bird and the dragon into the demonettes which they whomped in a turn um and then ran, ran some dudes over in that direction and then i ended up having to do some really weird stuff like congering running warlocks as fast as possible to keep up with my armies it legged it across the table if i had got greedy and put a second one of my birds into combat, I wouldn't have won this game because it was all about me running across the table as fast as possible to get to his stuff. Um, he teleported his marauders, which did make their charge um, with his second sail teleport. Uh, they got into my Glaygard, who were in a wood. Um, so they had a, a bit of a save, but they did a fair bit of damage to them. Uh, they get plus bravery in a wood, though, because wood elves. Um, so they kind of survived, and then the marauders got hit back in turn and ran the dragon over so like my dragon had to zigzag one way to get the demonettes come back to get the marauders um and then everything mobbed it up the table about turn three to kind of run towards his two objectives he had remaining one of which had a soul grinder and um something else on it and then he had this like minus two to hit booby worm lord um <laughs> booby worm lord booby worm lord yep um <laughs> that I just had to uh, just had to kind of play around because he wasn't moving. Um, so I was like running cavalry around the back and things like that, but I just about got the game and um, 
I like I was I was quite I think one of my strengths as I've improved as, as a player is I really I'm absolutely fine with taking whatever risk I need to get what I need to win so if that hadn't worked out I would still had a great game and I would have got I would have got rolled over very very quickly um but I think I'm okay at sitting down and looking and being like <laughs> slightly like like well there's only one way so I'll go for it even if it is like a five percent chance or whatever it was in this chance like a, a one in five chance or a one in six chance um so that, that like that again his list is just like the coolest list if I could be picking any army that wasn't my army to play I'd be playing with that one um, you have a lot of it don't you because you've got a lot of slash demons don't you or yeah it? I've got that's that's a dangerous thing I definitely don't have 15 knights or 40 marauders it's like the thing you go I've got one of those units so I've basically got the whole army right so I might as well buy the rest yeah I've, I've got a thousand points of it which is dangerous um but the uh, the entire list if I can remember it because I, I want to talk about it because I think it's cool um Big exalted chariot with a with a lady on it. Uh, Thirty demonettes, booby worm lord, um, five health drives with a minus one to hit banner, which is one of the coolest units in the game for my money. Uh, Fifteen knights, forty marauders, a soul grinder, and then the perfect four hundred point summoning pool, which is just like absolutely spot on, is ten skirmishing ungor raiders, which stop murder host and other another poopy stuff. Ally pool. That one. What did I call them? Summoning, you were calling it. Ah, oh, yeah. I pull um, a gaunt summoner um, to do the uh, to get rid of hordes with his spell and sail to, which is entirely essential to the army to teleport the knights. Or did he have a hundred points for the bellwind? Marauders. I don't think that leaves you a hundred points because hundred point. No, that doesn't. Well, it that wouldn't doesn't... come out your allies. So bellwinds just reinforcements. Oh. So probably you have then. 400 points reinforcements, 100 point, uh, sorry, 100 point reinforcement, 400 points of allies, and then... Yes, I think he, pro- yeah. he probably did then. He, he Sounds like you, you wouldn't take a good summer about it, really, would you? Terry says no. I'd say no I well. think I think you can, because he does cast two spells. He's still decent. Um, nah. But I, I think you, he just comes as part of a package deal, like the so, Lawmaster yeah. and a dragon. You upgraded your Bellwind of a Gaunt Summoner, or you upgrade the Gaunt Summoner of a Bellwind. Basically, when you put that 120 points in your list, it's 220 points because he comes with the, the tax of a Bellwind. Apparently, apparently, I've been doing it wrong. Um, but uh, yeah, that like that game was um, it was it was great. Brian is an absolute gent to play. I've never actually played him before. Like probably one of the best opponents I've had the pleasure of uh, facing off against. Um, so that put me on two wins. And then because of the way that the splits were happening or not happening, I had turned up quite late to register. So I was on the bottom end of the bracket whenever the the round happened. So I was playing people who hadn't won all their games. I was playing people who'd won like two and then got a minor win or something. Yeah. And what that so meant the was... the bottom but, end of the top bracket. Was what you yeah, saying. which should be good, but it actually meant that I played the more extreme armies. So because the first scenario was the heroes one, a load of the badass armies that are really intimidating in Age of Sigmar at the moment, they struggle with that. That's like their dud. So if you've got two characters and then an army of Skyfires or whatever, you may well struggle on Duality of Death. Or if you've got Kradron Overlords, you may well struggle on Duality of Death or, or whatever. So um, that started happening in my game three when I faced uh, Joe P, mm. who was um, wearing his hat and running his Kradrons. 
people racing outside. You live in a city, it's fine, just carry on. Okay. Um, and um, faced up against him, and it was the uh, Battle for the Past Deployment Diamond Objective 1. Formerly what, Call Patrol, what's it called? Battle for the Past. It is called Battle of the Past. Yeah, it's the name of the scenario, yeah. All right, got it. I know my stuff, really. <laughs> uh, champion talking. <laughs> so um, I like the Booby he... Worm Man. You're like, I'll Bo- tell you what the list is so you know what it is. Booby Worm, worm Man, Chariot with <laughs> the Lady thing. And like, Legit. yeah, that doesn't help Legit. people, really. <laughs> That's a boring insight into just exactly how my brain works. Imagine what it is. Imagine what it's like for Greg being my business partner. Poor long-suffering chap. Um, I saw you suffer at Greg's stuff just as much, but we won't go into it. Yeah. <laughs> just him coming yeah, in half not, asleep. Let's not talk about that WhatsApp group. Right, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, faced off against Joe in a scenario which is fairly good for him because he can drop, but he has got a kind of like an extreme army that's presented with a very difficult, um, like, do I go for characters because they'll run over and new to my army minus one to wound against ko is amazing um and minus one to hit against them is amazing and a dragon against them is amazing um or do i go go against the troops and try and win on the scenario um he landed did a lot more damage than i thought he was going to do and a bit less than i think he thought he was going to do um he killed my general turn one or got it down very very low um he kind of he's forced to drop within range of the debuff for the shooting to then be able to make the charge with his bubble men's <laughs> more Byron descriptions there. Um, well, they've got the, the grapnels, so probably not, right? Uh, I don't know because the the range of that debuff is only nine, right? Uh, it is yes, and he's got to be nine away, so he shouldn't be debuffed by it when he drops. Um, should be impossible. When he okay, so it's, so it's when he gets into combat he has to yeah, be Yeah, when he gets buff. into combat he'll be within range, obviously. Yeah. So I was leaving my... Well, he he wanted... I left it in such a position that if he wanted to get into the dragon, everything would be debuffed. If he wanted to get into one bird, um, he'd like... They were kind of spread out just about enough. Uh, he landed, did a lot of damage to one of my birds, uh, which is really like, like a devastating amount by the standards that I'm used to. Um, he took first turn and then... I um, I healed it back up the life mate a little bit and just sent it on a suicide debuff mission, which it did beautifully over one side of the table. And then I double teamed the dragon and the second bird, like kind of very carefully trying to keep everything within range. And um, did he drop his army? Like he dropped it from the sky in a big ball. Um, did he have just one ironclad? Didn't have a frigate or anything. Yeah, it had one one big ship. Okay, and then he, um, did he drop down from the sky? Or did he deploy and move? Uh, I think he dropped down from the sky. Um, you'll know because he'll be in like a big circle when he dropped like a rugby. Ball. I did disappear at one point while he did a load of stuff, so yeah, it was probably that. Sounds like it. Um, I think he had a yeah, template he, actually. Yeah, he did. He landed and then like kind of got people like within the the direction they needed to start going out for um, stuff. He might have deployed one of his units on his back objective. You have to. Uh, I think you can't fit yeah. all in the um, ship. In the ship, um, so uh, he had he had the objective safely in turn one, and then I kind of went on a on a like a debuff and killing mission, which the listed um, did pretty well. His rolling was definitely just slightly subpar and massively affected by the debuffs, like hugely so. Um, I had a couple of lucky breaks, like Warlocks did the uh, five wounds on one of their spells, and the Dragon did, uh, I think he did four wounds on his breath, um, some things that mounted up. 
Uh, Glegar did okay because they hadn't been hit. Um, and uh, basically it got to a point where uh, he didn't have enough guys left that it was going to matter. And I think I'd got a double turn in response, um, which I felt I had to take to get my stuff into position after killing other things. Um, but it, it, it worked okay because I was in a position where if he got a double turn back, my guys run a two plus save or a one plus save or whatever it was. Um, so things, things felt, pr- felt pretty safe at that point. Um, so that ended my day one very unexpectedly for me on three major victories. Cool. That's a good result. Yeah. Um, I think, um, so that basically put you and Terry on three majors, uh, Les Brown, that me and Bottom from the Face Hammers. Um, and we did the, we stayed around the venue, didn't we? And we ate in Bugman's, then we did the quiz, which, uh, you know, one, one team of, uh, of really clever individuals ended up winning. Uh, I think, I think that was team Bois 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 with me <laughs> and Pano and basically Pano, Pano the fluff machine. Law. I knew I got most of the, like the rules slash, um, guess the model. I'm really good at guess the model. I don't know why, but, um, and then, you uh, it's because you own them all. You've Pretty, seen I bought, I bought and returned most of the models that exist, <laughs> and some I've put out of the box, and I've got them on a shelf collecting dust, and and and, and then sold and them on a afterwards. Very, very small uh, percentage of models I've actually painted. Um, so yeah, I think it was good though. It was all right. It was it wasn't too bad in the end. Um, and then uh, we sort of wrapped up for the day, didn't we? And uh, got ready for day two. Of the six-game extravaganza that was the GT final, um, we're well, going to have a little draw break. went up in the evening, didn't we? Oh, as well, it did, so didn't it? Yeah, yeah, we had a little discussion over that. Um, what yeah. was the discussion we had? Just about what was what we were playing and stuff. I just went like, oh, chaos, sky is sad. <laughs> yeah, I don't actually know who I. I can't remember who I played. I know. I, I what was the scenario in the morning? Do we know? Do we remember? It was. <sighs> It wasn't Knife to the Heart, that was last. Star Strike? Star Strike, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 I'm a bit of a loss. Can't remember who I played. Um, but anyway, we're going to have a break and we'll come back and then we'll um, do day two of the GT final. Oh, cool. Facehammer is sponsored by Element Games. So for great customer service, all the latest Age of Sigmar releases at 20% off. And all your hobby needs, go to www.elementgames.co.uk. To support us directly, click through the banner on our website and let them know that you came from us. And we're back from the break. Um, so day two, uh, I can't remember my first round opponent um, or the game. It was Star Strike, wasn't it? It was Star Strike, yeah. Um, pass. Don't know. Um, <laughs> then, <laughs> sorry, it's been a while. Uh, it's I've been on holiday since then and stuff, so my head's not in the right place. Uh, and then I played um, Brian Hatchet um, in Scorched Earth, which was really useful. Um, a really good game, actually. Um, Did you beat him? Yeah, but okay. it was good because. Um, it highlighted a quite a key point, which was there was he had like a unit of ten protectors, and I managed to I managed to basically through a heraldor toot and um, Rain of Stars kill his relictor, 
So his his protectors were then foot slogging across the table, um, and he because I got rid of his lightning chariot, and he took first turn and failed lightning chariot because he was going to try and alpha strike me. Um, and then what happened was he he did a turn where he charged in and he killed a unit on one of my objectives. He didn't burn it, and then he won the turn roll and he was like, "Oh, I can't move right. away now because I've got nothing to follow it up to burn it, so I have to kind of yeah. stand here." Um, which was quite interesting. Um, but I killed his Star Drake um, using basically Fulminators um, and Mortal Wound output uh, from Heraldor, Breaths, um, Relictor, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I managed to Alpha Strike on one flank the uh, drop the Liberators from the Sky Charge in and using Adjudicators and the Liberators to kill his Liberators. So I managed to basically get on an objective early to get up to force him to have to move to come at me so he couldn't sit back. Uh, it was a really good game, actually. It was a, a Stormcast on Stormcast. Um, very similar list um, differences. He had the protectors and didn't have the second unit of Forminators and um, some differences in like characters and stuff like that. But he, he had a Star Drake as well, and he had one unit of Forminators. So, yeah, it was good. It was a good game. Um, it was, it was, I thought it was going to be a lot closer than it was, but... Um, yeah, I managed to get up, and then I I just managed to push that through home, and my Star Drake cleared off his back lines once his Drake and um, Forminators were down, which basically is kind of what it comes down to. Like, if you can take out the Drake and the Forminators, then you, you're kind of winning, aren't you? I mean, it's just there isn't much else in the army. You can just go around and do all the damage. Um, and then um, we we then went into the last round, which was Knife to the Heart. And um, I ended up playing Terry, um, which I thought in this mission it was going to be very difficult for me to get a major win. Um, so I played uh, played for the minor, and I did have an I did have a in my head if I could get rid of his mortal, your mortal wound output earlier, I thought I could probably push for a major. So what I was going to do there was a terminal. If I'd won the roll, I would have charged the Drake in round the back. Um, and start grinding the plague bearers off, and I had the lightning chariot set up so I could drop five judicators onto the objective. Um, but it would have been very hard for me to clear off your um, all your models from around that area. Um, I think there was one opportunity I could have potentially done it, but it would have been it would have been tricky. Um, but I just played for the minor really, and just used my range to stay away and take victory points, and use like lightning chariot to move my judicators around to shoot. Um, and uh, managed to get rid of your changeling because um, you tried to summon plague bearers, didn't you? And you failed. Yeah, um, I went for a, just a. I it, it you were already up on points, so it's like, well, I've killed your two units of fulminators. I won't be able to kill the star drake because you just never came within mortal rune range. You stay fourteen and a half away from the storm fiends. You stay eighteen and a half away from the lord of change, and then the skyfires can't even hit you. Mm. So. At that point, the Star Drake just sits out of range, and you just wait to get the turn roll, and then he goes in. Um, so I was like, "Well, I'll summon Playbearers at the back of the board. Maybe they can, with the Changeling, go in and fight the five Liberators that were stood round your objective, and you know, just play play for that. At least it put pressure on you to go backwards, you know, or put the Judicators to go back that way as well." Um, but yeah, with the lightning chariot as well, the changeling's pretty crap in that matchup because if I go anywhere near you, you just drop 
something next to him in the hero phase. Yeah, because he's not an enemy, so you can you technically can go you can drop within three, and it's the yeah. hero phase, so it auto reveals you. Yeah, so I could make the Star Drake half move, mm. and then you just teleport, you know, a couple of inches next to him, and go. All right, you're revealed. Um, open the lantern or lantern. Use the relics as other. Pra- is it another prayer that does D three? Yeah, you still do the heal. You do D three mortal wounds, and is it D six against demons though, or something? No, no. that's the that's lantern. Azeros. Azeros. Oh yeah, that's them. Yeah. But then you could still shoot him with the. Um, just once he's revealed, it, it's not a problem because yeah, you just once you just fight him, he dies. It's not... Well, he loses the half move as well. Yeah, because you it's can only do that while he's hidden. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was pluckish. I mean, the other options so, yeah. I had was to put the changeling in my deployment zone, and then pop him up and use him for a long range gateway off the Bailwind. That's what I would have done. But you just shoot him off the Judicators or Rain of Stars. If the Judicators are in range to shoot him, you're in range to shoot them with the Skyfire. Yeah, but you you get to choose when you come down, and then. Well, not really. You roll. You just Rain of Stars him off, so. Maybe. It should take three, four turns on average. Or or you just Les Les Martin TM him off with with the fucking bow. What, where you roll D6 and everything? Yeah, with the Venator bow and just just knock him off the top. Yeah, standard. Yeah. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I, it's just the Star Drake with the mirror shield make makes that matchup just bad for me because you can sit out of the range of the Storm Fiends, which are crap without style, throwing them around the board. They're just a defensive piece, but if you you can sit just out of their range, knowing that if you win the mm-hmm. turn roll, you can just charge in and kill them. Yeah, and just got to stay outside of range of gateway and your mortal wins, and it's not a problem then. Then you, yeah. I just played with the range I had, and um, you know, in the Heraldor and the Lightning Chariots and the Healing Reign of Stars, just to get more victory points than you, and went on a went on a minor. Yeah, I think I I I had what the four a thirty and a ten of plague bearers still back at the objective. The Star Drake could have started chomping through them, but there was just so much stuff around. I think getting the major would have probably been. I had one opportunity when there wasn't a lot around the objective and I could have double turned you, but you won every priority roll in that game. I didn't win a yeah. single priority roll. Um, so I needed to get a double turn to push it into round three and auto win the game. But it was it, yeah, would have been, um, it wouldn't have been very lightly, but it was possible at one point. Yeah. Um, the problem was as well as I wanted to give you a turn because I well, wanted could've. to double turn you. Yeah, but I didn't want to give you the double. I didn't want to give you the turn back because yeah. it would have meant I'd have got double turned. Uh-huh. So I, I wanted to give you the turn, but you were always in a better position so that your Star Trek could have done something. So I had to take the turn. So I wanted to actually give you a turn, but I couldn't. So I wanted to double turn you back, but there wasn't the opportunity to. Yeah, I mean, like I think that's it's just part of my my kind of play is that you're always in a position on the chance to a double to make the most of it. Because if you sort of play too tentatively and, and your opponent wins the roll, they, they could give you the flip-flop and say you have two turns because you haven't really can't really do a lot in this second double turn and then it gives them the chance to double turn you back. But no, you got a minor out of that anyway, though. Yeah, so, you know, that was my tournament, basically. Three, three majors, a minor, and two major losses. wasn't brilliant, um, to be honest, but it was all right. It was kind of interesting. It was, it was useful to... Um, use the army um again after so long and not playing with it um didn't 
learned a little bit about it, but it's almost like if I'm not playing with it again soon, it's almost wasted time. Um, it didn't really teach you anything new. Um, but I, if I played with it again in six months, I probably would have forgotten a lot of the nuances. I think it does show that it's it's a, it's a strong list. I know we talked about the best army in Age of Sigmar being Stormcast. You've got to um, play well with it, you know? Um, not got many dates. It's not it forgiving in that itself. sense. It doesn't play itself. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't play itself. It's not It's not like auto easy mode. And it, it is strong, but it also has some weaknesses. If you basically play it badly or give away... Four, I found basically the key point, if you lose the Forminators cheaply or the Star Drake, then you're in a bad position, basically. So those are the key, key units. Because they give you the mortal wound output that you need or the the horde killing ability you need in the list and if you lose it and you're playing against those type of armies then you're going to be in a really bad position um but there's lots of ways to protect against it to be honest so it's just it's just through bad play um i made some mistakes with the forminators which is probably where playing it differently i would have been a lot more conservative with those units um i was a bit too gung-ho with them i think um i got i got there towards the end i was i was playing them quite well but i yeah they weren't it wasn't really gelling with me as well as it could have done but it's 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 what it is it was it was cool i mean like to be honest i could have won any of the games i played you know that i lost i don't think i was i was in a in like i think i played them not terribly but you know i could have won those games if things had just gone a little bit differently for me so yeah, but it was good. It was it was interesting. It was nice to get the Stormcast out again. It's good to play with, mate. It's, it's good to see uh, your take on it as well. Like you know how you how you found it because you know I've been obviously playing it a while and singing his praises all the time. Yeah, it's, I mean it's it's <coughs> it's good to um, it's good to go back to it and give it another go in the different meta as well. Um, yeah. and you can see that it would reward it, it's almost like it feels like it's not top tier but it is good enough to win events if that makes sense but you need good yeah. luck and good play the list yeah no I think so so how did your day two go um, so yeah so like like I alluded to earlier on um, I played um, one of the the, the Michael Burris guy, guy called Pete um, and he had a bit of a weird list he had um I think it was three Colgans of Blood and 30 Witch Elves. Oh, you and, played that? Wow. Yeah. Um, so it was, we, we had a little chat at the start of the game and he was, um, he explained to me how, the, how it worked. And, you know, with, with the, the three Colgans and, and the Witch Elves, you just, he said he just didn't lose them because they've got essentially, what, a four up, four up, four up or something like that, or five up, five up, five up, I think it is. Because yeah. of the the cauldron, I'm not sure exactly the. the There's something the you get to roll like three, oh, like three five up saves or something. Yeah, and like it's just for every wound they take, they've got like a six up armor save or whatever, and then a five up save, and then a five up save, and then a five up save because they're all within range in the three cauldrons bloods. Um, and yeah, and he had a. I can't really remember what was in his list. Um, other than that, that was like the, the focal point of it. Um, um, and yeah, it, like with it being sort of uh, star strike. Is you have to be flexible in the, in the army in in this mission, and like my army is pretty fast moving. I can get where I need to be if I if I 
you know, have to. Um, um, oh yeah, and he's, he had another um, he had another little trick in his army, which was using the old Marathi model, putting on a bell wind, pushing everything forward, and then she's got like a super spell. Um, I think it's D six mortal wounds she does if you cast it on like a seven. Um, I can't remember exactly uh, what Renegade. Yeah, and um, but I mean it didn't. Again, like Night Venter story, each up first turn, got the spell off, did, didn't roll particularly well, got one more wound, Night Venter shot her off um, with uh, his, his arrow. Um, and then, uh, you know, it's just standard sort of Star Drake story, isn't it? You just put the Star Drake into 30 Witch Elves and they just kill, it just kills three Witch Elves. Um, the game was pretty, the, it, basically the Star Drake went in, killed the Witch Elves, the Star Strikes landed where I needed them, and then that was that, like, you know, so I got the major win at that one. But it was, it was a lot of fun playing Pete, actually. He was a top bloke to play, um, which was really good. Um, then uh, going into game five, where normally, like, I'm feeling the fatigue a little bit at game five. Because, um, like, as you said, Russ, like, the, the list doesn't play itself unless, you, you know, and there is bad matchups and you still have to play the game. Um, I played Sean Lang uh, in Scorched Earth. And, and you played Sean before, and you tell me and said Byron. I played him. Yep. Yeah. And he's, he's an absolute gent, like, really nice guy. Um, and this was the most stressful game of Warhammer I've ever had. Um, not in a bad way, as in like with Sean as a player, because Sean's an absolute gent. It's just I deployed badly um, in Scorched Earth, um, and he managed to get playing Zinch, wasn't he? He was playing Zinch, yeah, and he managed to burn my centre objective on the first turn, got the turn back, burn the, and then burn another one of my objectives to be up. Um, and at that point, I I sort of like we went for a drink, and I was like. You know, uh, you've you've got the game. I almost quit. I was like, you know, you, you've got this. And then I sat there and I worked out mathematically that I could, it was still in with a chance to win. I just needed to get a little bit lucky um, and play really well. And you know, we were talking back and forth like the entire time. And Sean was a gent, like you know, I was tallying up what I needed to score, how I needed to score it um, to to try and keep me back in the game. And it was Sean that convinced me to carry on playing. To be honest, I was going to like walk. I was like, no, I, I, you know, I'm done. Like you've got this game. I'll give you the win. Exactly like my game with Laurie at um, at the third heat, where he's like, I was like, I want to stop. And he's like, no, you shouldn't stop. Which yeah, carry is, on. Um, Which is like a gent, you know, it's a gent thing to do. Um, and yeah, like we, we played the game out, and um, it got down to the last turn where I had to burn all of his objectives, um, and I had to burn. I had to get um, seven points out of burning the objectives, and um, I rolled a three. I rolled a one, and I rolled a three, and managed to beat him by one on the last turn. Wow, close, cheeky uh, fish. Yeah, um, and it was like you know, and it was absolutely. Um, you know, ridiculous. Like I, I wanted to quit the game, and yeah, and he just convinced me not to. And it was really, really, really tight. And it's Sean's like a gent, a legend. I really enjoy playing him. Like that's why I said, Rush, you should play him at some point. Like see if you grudge him or something, because he's played all of his name. Um, and yeah, no, it was he was brilliant. Um, and then sort of like, then I made a big mistake because that game took it out of me so much mentally. I didn't. I wanted to go and like take five minutes and clear my head. Yeah, and I didn't. Um, I, I basically started talking to a few people and then didn't really... I can remember the, the rain turnaround being really, really quick um, at that point. Um, and I was talking to, like, Liam Cook, um, who's, you know, like, he was doing quite well uh, as, at the moment as well. Um, and he was like, oh, you know, with the painting, Norm, if you win your last game, you know, you could podium. 
and and so then that was a little bit of pressure on me then and i was a bit like oh well you know instead of then going and taking a breather i didn't um and then i played uh last game i played chris mile um um and chris is totally totally legit player really knows what he's doing um and i made a big mistake on the first turn where i with the world deployed um and then basically deployed, bunkered up with the star rate like you would do normally, completely forgetting that Chris had the prime. Um, so he brings the prime down. He, yeah, he had the prime, and he also had a a stellar on Drakov, and it had the extra range on his breath weapon. Yeah, makes it sixteen uh, inches, is it? Yeah. So again, it's like it's really it with everything being how close it was. It allowed him to sort of like come down with the prime. Obviously, turn the dice roll to the six, and everything's in range of the star rate because it has to be within six for staunch defender. Um, and basically, he picked a point and popped it and made it a six and hit the entire army. Then he did the the breath weapon from the other Drakov and um, killed like a lot of the characters. Um, I put. Two, two units of two Forminators into his four Forminators and the Stardrake into those Forminators as well um, and whiffed massively um, killed one of his Forminators um, he then got the turn killed my Stardrake and killed my Forminators um, and and that was the game and you know I played I played really badly and Chris never made a mistake and he punished me respect those bros for taking Renegade lists and doing well with them as well haven't you yeah. like they, they always try and do something different which yeah. and for a lot and yeah, no, he was an absolute gent, and like I say, he didn't didn't make a mistake. Played it really well, um, you know, and punished me for making the mistakes that I did make, um, you know, which was um, really disappointing for me because, you know, tally it up at the end, and I think if I'd have beat Chris, got a major win, which would have been hard to do, but if I'd have got the major win, I'd have come second, which painful, but you know, lessons learned, lessons learned. Um, you didn't have an easy run, did you? No, I don't. You know, I didn't have a bunny run like did I? I mean, like there's a lot of good players um and you know and you know i was whinging about it i was like oh just give me like a give me an easy game give me an easy game but um i just don't think that there is any easy games really in age sigma at the moment i think that's testament to the scene is that there is you know whoever you play there's always going to be you know you're always going to get a good player at the moment it feels like that there's no sort of like you know like an eighth edition you turn up at the table and you'd be like Oh, I, I think I've got this game before. I've got this game in like matchup before you even play it. Um, I think with Age of Sigma now that the it's a testament to the scene that you know that anyone can take any list and it still be really strong and still press you with it. You know, there's no easy games anymore. I don't think. I think it's unless you're playing with Zinch. <laughs> yeah, unless you're playing with then you should, if you lose with Zinch, then you're a mug. <laughs> I think it's almost a testament and to the games design a little bit that um, armies aren't as cookie cutter or as whereas even like for the team format for etc you were like oh this is a bad this is a good matchup this is bad this is good based on the not the list design but the race because the lists were so similar for each faction so skaven armies look the same you know vampire armies generally look the same like the competitive top end ones now it's a little bit more varied so it's a little harder to do that i think Um, yeah and it, like, it is just, I just, you know, I was talking to uh, Fat Craig um, at Blood and Glory about it, about how, you know, I can understand at the start people weren't sure about the what Age of I could bring, is it's tactical? And I just think, no, it's just, it is more tactical than I found 8th edition from my experience. I mean, it probably wasn't the same level as your and Terra's 8th edition experiences, Russ, but I, I definitely think that Sigmar for me is a more... It feels like a more complete game. 
I don't it know. is is to me because the match play. So it's it's like official competitive play. So it, it yeah. is way more structured, and I think the the compet obviously being part of it's great as well. Um, yeah. But the actual for me, the Age of Sigmar is the best competitive game situation that Warhammer has ever been in. Um, obviously, um, because before it wasn't really a Games Workshop supported thing. I mean, um, now you've got the really, really good players rising to the top and winning stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's about consistency. So, uh, um, you know, I mean, Dick. yeah. So, uh, if they were to go to their next event, not even play the first round and then top ten, that that'd be pretty consistent. Yeah. yeah, we'll see what happens, won't we? I'm being silly. Yeah. So maybe we're just going to think you're a dick. They, I think they already thought that. That's why I wanted to do it. <laughs> so, do you know who you are, Byron? Your 8th edition, Terry. Um, <laughs> I'm not taking that. You don't want to be 8th edition, Terry. I would admit I'm a dick, but I will not take that. We'll, we'll see. You guys can judge my battle reports. I think Les has got more of that going on. <laughs> Uh, we're not talking about those battles though are we um so... uh, hit, killed something nine wounds then hit killed something nine wounds stand and venom story stand and starbreak story you know started got in killed these indestructible witch elves you know swipe right got no we won't do that um, so... <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's what i was talking about his battle reports um so um so yeah cool so there was that what did you end up on then so you were on uh, I was on two major losses and I can't do maths, four major four wins. Four majors, yeah. Um, and the painting nomination. Yeah. 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 So I, I don't know where I finished. Cheeky free bunch of points that, you know. Just... Well, I'd work hard for it. It's not like it's, I didn't paint the army either. So. Yeah. You ride it out there for. Controversy. If anyone wants to comment on Twitter, I'll ignore you. You ride, ride it out there for the rest of uh, the rest of eternity. You came 11th. Eleven um, yeah. with ninety tournament points and two favourite game votes and eight thousand four hundred and thirty victory points. Good man. Yeah. I'd have been happy with a top ten, but you know, there we are. Eleven still almost <laughs> there, isn't it? Pretty close. <laughs> well, the important thing is Pano finished in ninth. Did he? Yeah, I know. People's champion with his fucking corn cow army list that he's got. Yeah, nine thousand nine hundred seventy VPs. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Amazing. Um, okay, so uh, Terry, what happened to your day two? So I played Gary Percival on the first round of the Sunday, so round four. Um, I knew how this was going to go. Gary knew how this was going to go. And did he, he go gonna, that way? He was going to take the first turn. He was going to do loads of stuff. If it went well, um, then awesome for him. If it didn't go well, awesome for me. I had Cunning Deceiver, which was negated by him getting the side of the board with Damn Terrain on. So I'm already in a bad start. He manages to kill a bunch of characters with his shooting straight away, um, which is not great. Um, so he took the first turn. I defended as best I could with the Plague Bearers to, you know, to at least control where the stars dropped as well. 
because I couldn't just sit in the middle and just completely surround myself because I don't really have any fast units to run across the board to go get his other than the Skyfires or with a bit of summoning, but it's still not the best. Um, But what happened was he went first, had a great turn. I responded with an less than good turn. I killed his... um, close combat unit that came in and killed the Lord of Change. Um, he managed to grapnel around a piece of terrain that because he could target the Lord of Change because it's got 10 wounds or more than 10 wounds. Um, but see, this is one thing I don't really like about the Warhammer World's terrain. This is not much of it on some of the tables and there's not much of it that blocks line of sight. Um, there much, is like, quite a bit of everywhere. <laughs> I every table I played on had like six sets of woods and maybe like one archway or something. Um, I think you've just been lucky though, mate, because yeah. there's there's always the train's always been it's been a bit sparse, but there, there could be some more definitely. But I feel that there was it was always sort of like you know there was Ophidian archways and there was like um, oculums and stuff. There's always somewhere that I found to hide. Yeah, no, I, I basically had an archway. Yeah. And then I think there were f- maybe four or five woods and like mm-hmm. something else on I that table. You might have just got unlucky with that, mate. I but think. but uh, to be fair, most of my games I've had at Warhammer World the last year for all the heats and the final and warlords and everything. Uh, it's just woods. Everything I seem to be playing on is just woods, woods and woods like everywhere. And they're all glued down as well. Um, it, I don't know. Um, that's, that's just my... Uh, my my take from that game is there's not many places to put stuff when you're against gun lines. But um, yeah, so I responded. If I got the turn roll, I won the game. If he got the turn roll, he won the game. Which is pretty much how all Cradron Overlord games I've had have gone. So they drop into your face. They shoot a load of stuff. If they win the turn roll, they win the game. If they lose the turn roll, you just table them. Because they're two wound squishy dwarves that just die. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, he won the turn roll and won the game. Um, I tried to pull it back. I think there must be a bit more to him because Gary seems to do very consistently well with them. So it can't just be down to moment, that. That because actually there is there's some ways to play around that. You could, I think you can easily fall into that trap of just dropping the army down every time. But he plays around using the Barrack Zilfin uh, move and deploying in the deployment zone using Fleetmaster and things. So, and he's he does know the army very well. Um, oh yeah. So I, I mean, think... he he played a good game, but his plan was go full aggro. If it works, he wins. If he I doesn't, he loses. In some um, matchups, you have to. I, I think that's that's what he was thinking. Six, like when you're on a chance for a podium, is just. I think yeah, it, that we, we were more. talking about it before and. If he sits back, there's a chance that the Skyfires end up killing the units of the the Bobble Men pretty quick. Um, so he he took the first turn, knowing that he had to go in and just go go for the all in damage. Um, it's a shame that Cunning Deceiver didn't do much because obviously it was counteracted by Dam Terrain, um, which is always you know why you take Cunning Deceiver is to stop that sort of thing happening. But then when they get damned, it's you know, I mean, it stops it being even worse because, you know, being on plus one instead of just, you know, level shooting is, is better. But, um, yeah, like, if, if I'd have got that turn roll, the Storm Fiends would have come out 
lit up the units. And at that point, he's just got little groups of 10 men just sitting around not doing anything. And then the Skyfires can go across and capture his objective. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a bit um, a bit of a sort of a downer after getting three wins on the first day to have to, to play the gun line. Because I was on the table next to Byron, and he was playing... Um, also a gun line 18 skyfires yeah and we were just sort of chatting and you were looking over and you're like how's it going it's like well if i get this turn roll um it's really good <laughs> so you know but um gary got a major in that one anyway the, i mean the end score wasn't actually that far off uh, you know okay i did play for it i didn't jack the game in or anything which you know i didn't want to give him just a free win even though it was a pretty much uphill right from that point that i lost that turn roll um, I played it out, and if I'd have won another turn roll after that, maybe I could have pulled it back for an actual win. Um, but as it happened, he um, I believe he won them all except the last one. At that point, it wasn't relevant anyway. Um, I think what's good about um, the thing about Gary as well is that there aren't many people that are using Kradron Overlords competitively, consistently, um, and he's not only using them but he's actually doing very well with them. Um, and he's, it's only a matter of time before he gets... I think he did podium at Blood and Glory, didn't he? So it's only yeah, a matter of time before... third or second? Second, I think. So there's only yeah, time... He's changed his list either. He's just running the same thing out and he knows it like the back of his hand or... or well, there just isn't... Similar. To be honest, there just isn't a lot of variation in the book to get away the, from. I mean, once There you, is pretty much a list style. The list does you, kind of write itself. Yeah, you take the Ironclad, you put as many floaty bobble men as you can, then take three units of battle line and two chemists. That's pretty much mm-hmm. everything I've played against so far. And it always it's always gone the same way. They they go in all in if their shooting is good. I mean you said when you did the um the elements eggs thing you were like well i didn't really enjoy my games because i either go in and kill them or i go in and get killed it's not really much to it play around it like in if if there is some play around it but yeah i mean generally i didn't like it because the games just felt very one-sided um one way or the other um and it didn't feel fun like and for me like it's more to do with my play style like my place gary even asked me this actually um, he sort of said, well, "Why aren't you playing your overlords then?" And he goes, "You just don't think they're good enough." And I said, "Well, no, they're obviously good enough if you're playing with them and you're doing well and you're you've got a podium. So obviously good enough. But um, for me, they don't suit me. Like just as a player, they just don't fit me. They're not my jam. They're not combat based. They're not movement based, which is weird. Um, and I just just don't. It doesn't sit well with me. I just don't like them. They don't play. I don't enjoy playing with them. So it's nothing to do with." you know, the nerfs or the changes or anything like that. It's just, I just literally, I, I just played a few games with them and I just went, do you know what, they just, they're just not for me. Do you know when you just doesn't feel, doesn't gel with you? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It just doesn't feel, and I was just like, well, they're not my army. Like, so, you know, it's a shame that I put all that effort in, but it's... Yeah, maybe, it's, maybe it's, they'll come back at some point. You know? Yeah, maybe. Oh. But I mean, I, I, I'm not sure. I've been strongly considering just selling the army, to be honest. Um, but then I've put so much yeah. work into it, and it's just sat in a cabinet. It's like, does it really hurt it that nice. I have it there? Not really, no. so just I'll, keep it. I would just keep it and then, like, you know, work on it if you want and make it, yeah, see what they look like. Because it's such a nice army. I think if you were to paint it to your highest standard, just do it for painting. 
Maybe. Yeah, but the problem is I'll fall into the trap is I want to play with it because of the painting, but then I I wouldn't be enjoying playing with it. Yes. Um, maybe I'll give it a give a crack out later on in the year or something. I'll give it six months. I don't know, but. Yeah, so you played Gary then. What did you play? You only played me in the last round, didn't you? So in game game five, then... I played the other podcast villain, Mister Ben Curry. All oh, right, okay. Um, this was actually my best game of the weekend. I think close to Mark was. Yeah, I'd I'd say it's probably yeah probably the best game I've had in a long time. Actually, it was it was swingy. The burn thing, I still don't enjoy Scorched Earth. So it was good that I actually had a good game in it. Because I don't like the scenario. Um, I don't like the randomness of the D3. I think it should just be two. But that's, you know, that's for another another conversation. Um, his list um, with the points reduction is pretty strong now. Those uh, bull centaurs with the uh the u- mass unit um cost are yeah. uh, are a steal now um well, he the finished war machines, seventh overall didn't he so obviously... yeah he he must have been you know doing well i mean he, he played a solid game as well um i got a little bit unlucky on the first turn i failed to summon the bear wind which would have would have helped out quite a bit um but Unfortunately, yeah, you, you can't rely on it unless you've got fake dice. Um, I maybe threw away the Skyfires a bit too aggressively. Um, that's why I think I need two sixes instead of just one six, because then you can be super aggressive with one unit. Slope. You'd be steady. Hey, that's a slippery slope. Um, I'm going Zinch anyway, so it's the right direction. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, the Storm Fiends are just too slow now. As much as they're good shooty, um, they they just don't do anything now. They're too defensive. I need aggro. I need Storm uh, Skyfires, um, and the movement's just so key on them as well. Because um, you can get across, clear off ten men, and just burn it, and you know get ahead in the points. Unfortunately, the ones I burned off Ben, I only got one or two. I think I got a one and a two. I think Ben got a three and a two, so he got a lot better on his burns than I did as well. Um, it was pretty close in the end. I think it was only a few points in it. Um, but yeah, no, it was a, it was a good game. It's good to see what the, the dwarves do now. They've sort of, they're a bit more of an army now because you get a little bit more on the table. I'm not sure if any of the war scrolls had really changed. Um, maybe just the points. The problem is I, I didn't really see them much before anyway, so I'm not really sure if anything has come down. Um, uh, changed rules wise sorry um, but the the little dwarf of his um, demon smith with the minus to hit spell was pretty tasty they did change one... some of the rules on the scrolls yeah. as well so they, they got some rules changes um, some of the rules didn't make sense um, some of the things didn't quite feel right so there was a rewrite of the scrolls and the points adjustments so I think I think they are they're strong, but I don't think they're broken. You know, they're I, just, don't they're, they're just well, I don't think they're. I don't think they're broken. Now, you know, it's just good. Um, I think they are um, pretty strong, though. I, I, I mean, I looked at the scrolls afterwards, and I was like, mm, I quite fancy a unit of six of those ball centaurs are great weapons. I didn't they just convert it into great weapons. He just converted it to great weapons by yeah. putting slightly larger axes on them, but they've still got shields, so they're not actually great weapon dudes. 
but there isn't a model. So, what you know, is that is that enough? Just giving it a slightly bigger axe? Yeah, it'd be fine. Nah, they're two-handers, surely. But yeah, um, I, but then if you do take six of them, you've got to kind of take the Torok dude to be the general to give them run and charge to like make them better. And then at that point you're, you're steering in a completely different army. I don't think there's something you can slot in to an army like Skyfires and a shaman slot into a chaos army as a little package because the shaman buffs them and doesn't have to be the general. The Torok guy has to be the general and then it just changes your army completely. So as much as I enjoy, you know, thinking about using them and getting some ideas to convert them up with great weapons, it was like, well, yeah, no, yeah, I'm just going, you know, into a completely different direction here. But the magma cannons are still a good option, though. I keep, I keep looking at those. They were, they were quite tasty in their game. I think they're probably a little bit more reliable than warp lightning cannons and slightly cheaper. So, if you combo with them with the demon smith, you actually pay a little bit more, but you get an extra wizard. And a better armor save. So, I don't know. I think they're. I think it's a good deal to swap out two warp lightning cannons for two magma cannons and a demon smith. Um, but then, obviously, if you can't hide the demon smith, he gets shot off, and then you've got two very short range war machines. So maybe the warp lightning cannons are better because you can't shoot off the buff. I don't know. It's, it's one to. It's one to look at anyway for possible mixed chaos swapping. But um, I lost against Ben anyway, and then the last game I played you, obviously, so I went. Day one, three wins. Day two, three losses. So probably probably my worst finish of the year, maybe. Um, although I did get a painting nom, so it did pull it back up a little bit. So I think my push blackout was still 20, my worst finish. Pushed me 24th. Oh, okay. List. It was not a bad, not a bad finish then. Finished I'm, one place above me because of the painting. Oh, uh, schooled. <laughs> Played for. Played for. Yeah. I, finished... I just gave I gave you that minor in the last round so that you could just yeah. finish just below me. You gave, pit, you gave me the minor. You. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure that's really what happened. <laughs> so, Byron, how'd it go? Um, so, <clears throat> after I mean, I have this weird thing where my game three and four I find really difficult to distinguish because they went so similarly, even though. Game three was against Joe with Caradrons in Battle for the Pass, and game four was against uh, Amir Rice Roberts with eighteen Skyfires in Star Strike. But they both they both went extremely similarly, and that's why when I was talking about um, Joe moving his <coughs> moving his bubble men's in, um, I was saying about them being debuffed because that's exactly what happened with Skyfires. So um, being at the bottom end of the bracket, I was facing another extreme army that had only got a minor win in the first round uh so it was I, I can't remember what's in all of it but the headline is there was three units of six sky fires and a sangor shaman um he had 30 blood letters and a blood secretor in his ally pool he did as well yeah um so it's they well they like i think he'd, he'd come with marauders or something so it was it was meant to be a teench army but um he turned up on the day and it had to be a chaos army um or something I like that. I thought he had enough to be zinch, didn't he? Because the uh, chaos, the moral, um, the blood letters are two seventy, and the blood secretors one twenty. So he fits in the ally pool, or can they not ally corn in? I'm sure they can. 
I think he's got uh, maybe it's something to the Marauders or something like that. You can't allied corn in, I don't think. You can only they're not part of the allies. Okay, uh, that that's probably why then. That would be it. So, um, I mean, he like you're not the only one who thought that. He thought that on the day as well. Um, he rocked up. Still a very strong list. Um, I think three units of Marauders, uh, the Bloods of Crater, thirty Bloodletters, three units of six Guy Fires, the Shaman, and maybe maybe something else. But I mean, all you really need to know about that is there's a lot of Sky Fires. So, um, <clears throat> I looked at this one and I just thought, but. <laughs> What on earth do I do here? That's a lot of mortal wound output. Um, it's going to be a real struggle. One of my monsters is going down. Turn one if he takes it, which he probably should. Um, and he did. So he took first turn, and I deployed in such a way whereby one of my birdies was sticking out, and there was this kind of like nice, juicy... Uh, one of my birdies was sticking out fairly centrally. Then there was this nice, juicy... Uh, Judicator unit to the left of that, barely screened by Spearman, and he moved everything up pretty aggressively, um, apart from one unit of Skyfires, because he was kind of sitting back. The army wasn't huge for this scenario, and if I could get into him and, and kill his units, then if the Comets landed in an unhelpful place for him, he would have really struggled. So what he had to do was move his Skyfires up maximum movement to make them more likely to get in the charge, and that meant that they were debuffed. Um, I think also it's one of those things whereby he, he deployed um, and moved fairly enthusiastically, and like I, uh, as well, it's like well, well we'll get to measuring <laughs> and um, we'll see what's in. And I think more of the skyfires are in than than maybe would have been had things been done more tightly um, because of like he wasn't trying to be cheeky or anything. It's just I think it things weren't as tight as they should have been. So a couple more got into my nine inch debuff than would have normally. That made a huge difference. Um, he took out my general turn one, though. Straight up, just absolutely smashed it, um, which is a real issue for me. Because um, then I'm playing with one bird and one dragon. Uh, so the, the way I had to play the rest of the game was kind of uh, extremely aggressively... Is it, It's going to sound just like the Crowdron game. Um, extremely aggressively tagging multiple units on corners and then using debuffs um, as carefully as possible. So my wizards, I I took two minus one to hit wizards. Um, and the and Sorry, I took her, the shadow guy is uh, not... I took my wizard as a shadow guy for minus one to hit and had the minus one to hit off the dragon. So I yellowed my dragon up, parked him between two units of Skyfires and the Shaman, um, popping the minus one to hit in that round. And he was kind of with the way that casualties have been removed, he was touching things on edges and there was a wood in the way that was guarding one of his other guys. Um, so he couldn't get many into combat with me, but I burnt my minus one to hit his unit that I couldn't get in contact with. Um, in case he, um, in case I didn't get the priority role, I debuffed a unit that I wasn't in, I wasn't ever going to get to in that turn, which I think he wasn't expecting. Um, but, but ended up working out pretty well. So, it got to a point whereby I went into the matchup thinking it was all doom and gloom and it'd be impossible. Um, but then the meteors landed and things looked kind of okay for me there. And he got into a position where all of his, his unit of six guys that I'd given minus one to hit, he moved them up. The objective had landed completely centrally, very middle of the board. And he couldn't, if he piled in with all of his guys, he wouldn't be standing on the objective. 
um, which was, again, his guy, like his dudes ended up strung out, um, trying to fight both killing my, killing myself, squishy guys, uh, being my warlocks or my skinks or whatever. And then also trying to leave a couple of guys back, um, to contest the objective versus my bird that was debuffing them. Um, I had a little bit of luck with Battleshock tests. Uh, we, we got to the end of, I think, I'd taken my first turn and he had his. And I was like, you, you guys are bravery. What? Um, and uh, he he lost a couple of extra Skyfires from that. And then I looked down at the board and there was one unit in contact with a two-up save bird. Um, the Shaman was dead. Um, one unit had died <laughs> with the last wound going down to Judicators which was um, a little bit embarrassing. And then all he had left was a couple units of Marauders. And I'd still only lost my general. So, uh, like, I, I didn't really know what had happened because I was just so afraid of the sky fighters that I thought I was going to get mashed. And then um, it got to a point where them being at minus one to wound down minus one to hit, like, it's, it's something that people constantly underestimate, I think, with my list. Like, having both of those things debuffed, especially if you explode on whatever's... Um, stuff like that, it makes such a big difference to your damage output. So he wasn't debuffed in his turn one, went in, just whacked off my general instantly, even with his four-up save and his five, or he's got five-up armor and then a four-up everything save against the mortals or anything that gets through the armor. Um, and then his his Skyfires just barely did damage for the next couple of turns, and the dragon the dragon went pretty yellow. He was lore-mastered up, just chomped through, I think, three or four dudes. And... Um, then I won a priority roll and was able to kind of sweep over and um, and get through. It was the game took a little bit longer than I was expecting it to take. Uh, my army that I don't think that was necessarily from me. My army can be slow to take when I'm being careful, but I can make up for it with um, if well if if lots of things have died, things speed up towards the end anyway. Uh, pretty much went to time. We had to call a call someone over and say like, look, is uh, do we carry on? Do we stop? Uh, but at that point. Um, if I run the priority roll, then it didn't really matter because I had all of my army minus my general, and um, I was against, uh, I think, 10 Marauders and a Blood Secretor, um, which was kind of all that was left there. So I got the priority roll. They said, take five more minutes, it's lunchtime, you're good. Um, and I got another another major and table link there, and I lost my general. So it's just it, it was a clone of my Caradron. Thing and it played very, very similarly as well. Like uh, one of my big monsters going down, and then having to kind of carefully manage the the resources, which are like my zones of debuffing or my spells of debuffing, um, and and stretch people out as much as possible or tag on corners. Um, but that it was it was a tricky one. I had to play for it, and by the end of that, I needed like I find it really stressful when you have to display your army and you just want to have food and you've had a different like knocks the opponent or anything you've had like a game where you've had to think a lot anyway les was talking about not taking his five minutes um i think i, I ran off of food and then i just went and like sat outside for a bit or something like that just because i felt a bit like because <sighs> you're uh you were you were last finished and your army was last in the cabinet and then yeah i nearly didn't just dis- I, I thought it would have been it would have been in bad taste not to display it but i really didn't want to display it at that point um i, I like it is a um I didn't want to put mine out either, but that was for different reasons. <laughs> but I guess we can do a, a painting roundup at the end. Yeah, I mean, I like I. It's a it's a massive compliment, and I put loads of time into my arm, and it's it's lovely. But um, 
I've been waiting for it. But I like I didn't have much room in my head for anything after the game. Um, it got a bit stressy and like I got all, all sweaty towards the end. Cause it's like, oh, we're going to get it in. And I was just standing there knowing exactly what my plan was and knowing that I could do a turn in 30 seconds if need be um, and just win the game just by saying, like, right, my turn's done. I got the objectives. Your turn. Um, but, yeah, I, I felt, like, a bit poopy. So I went and had a chat with people. They cheered me up. And I went and took five minutes, um, had my lunch, got some vegetables in me, which was helpful. And um, I was really wanting to have um so i was on four majors at that point i really wanted like i want this towards the end of every tournament but it's more important towards the end i think you want to have games against people where you know it's just going to be as it should be playing someone nice and solid or whatever and um the draw went up and i was playing uh for me 40k matty who was running a properly renegade silver nerf list um which i think uh is probably going to see a bit of a comeback since it was on stream laurie was running it at Dreadwood. bad dice as well yeah because yeah. he borrowed my army at the time or my he end. did yeah so i was playing against les's beautiful army on a very very crowded table um with a huge Were you piece on the of stream on this game yeah um so it was um the table looked great but there was this massive piece of train in the middle like a, a temple thing it's about like it's like a big corn um building I think it's um, like a, it's made out of oculums, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a foot. It looks spectacular, but that was in the middle. And then I've, uh, I was playing Sylvaneth, who dropped woods everywhere, which um, I found like that is, is the type of thing that things just end up taking more time and are more fast than they should be anyway. And when you've got a silly army that pops up a vortex and you've got skinks kind of trying to fit round trees and. Um, it takes a long time anyway because you're on the stream as well. So that naturally yeah. slows the rhythm up, doesn't it? Yeah, you're trying to kind of speak out everything out loud. But, um, I mean, Matty was an absolute gen. I can't, like, uh, both, probably him and Brian, I couldn't really, like, and um, my final round opponent, I just couldn't really, like, I had great opponents in general, but I couldn't really pick between those ones. I, I just rolled the dice my sports at the end. Um, pretty much, like, they were, like, it was a really, really good one. He just, we just said everything out loud we were going to do that made it a bit easier. It's quite hard to hear, especially if your back is against the wall at that end of the room. So um, his army, it was Scorched Earth, and his army was Alariel. Uh, Les, what was his army? Uh, his army was um, Alariel. Um, I believe he six had... Six sides. Um, six side hunters. He had 20 spike remnants. Um, I, did he have another hero? I'm sure he had a branch witch. I think it was Alariel, a branch witch. Striker. That was it. Alariel Dreiker, um, 20 Spike Revenants, and um, 6 Scythe Hunters, and that was it. Yeah, it's a badass list. He's taking it at 1930, getting a Triumph, and teleporting in and going super aggro. Um, I was a bit worried about this being Scorched Earth, because he's got the capability of getting into me really close, but I think the big worry for him is if he if he gets to me and burns my objectives and doesn't get much from it, again, with it being random, like Terry mentioned, um, I can just go and mash. Um, if he gets them with um, little dudes, um, I can go and mash them. And if he, Even if he gets them with big dudes, so this side hunters or something like that, then my counter charge is so incredibly effective against that army. And then really weirdly, my unit of 20 Glade Guard in this matchup are just like gold. Um it's, it seems like a very strange thing to say, but they, against Alariel, their bomber, uh, against Six Side Hunters, their bomber, against Durthu, their bomber, for that once a game, 
they um they're very scary i mean they they didn't perform fantastically but <clears throat> they have the potential and you have to play around it like those eight extra wounds that are effectively like mortal wounds that unit's going to take is really difficult so i deployed in such a way where i left a very very gooey like there was basically a way to get in tag one of my birds wasn't my general but one of my birds um there was a law master there and there was the tail end of my doomfire warlocks which i i was convinced that i'd made a bait that like, i had to make it like a, a tasty bait um but i was convinced that i kind of like had maybe risked too much um but i really needed him to put i was hoping for his side hunters and it was his side hunters to drop them and charge into my backfield where i could deal with them on their own before then worrying about a lariel later um and that's kind of exactly what happened again the uh the debuff was pretty powerful there was also a really um i think it was slightly too clever bail wind push where um because I ended up pushing my dragon. I made it so my dragon couldn't get a charge. But um, he charged his side hunters in. Didn't manage to kill uh, the general. Um, I think he only put one guy on the lawmaster. Wiped out, nearly wiped out the warlocks. Um, and kind of had me pinned. And then I popped the vortex with a mage. And that pushed everything apart. So it pushed both of my birds out of combat. And uh, my dragon backwards. And my warlocks backwards. And, and opened it up to allow me to then go in and probably charge them again, but allow me to pick where I was charging them, not not just by piling in. Uh, although, as I've mentioned, like with that vortex push, my my dragon had to be pushed backwards the way it were, went, and that meant that I had like this weird thing where I was trapped between my vortexes, imaginary bubble, and the table edge. So um, he couldn't get in for that, but I uh, I did a number on the. Uh, the Kenneth Hunters, no thanks to my Glade Guard, who underperformed. Um, and then he put in, I, I felt pretty confident at this point, gave him the turn when I won it, because um, my dudes were buffed up. Uh, he sent in a Lariel, and um, I think he um, he might have failed the charge or just not done as much damage as he was expecting to do with the, uh, with the debuff to hit. And in response to my next turn, I was ready to charge absolutely everything into her um, because with her dead, basically, there was Durthu and then I just had to worry about uh, revenants popping up um, or appearing. And um, I charged my Dragon Rider in. He'd failed to get a Mystic Shield on her and my Dragon Rider went in and with the Lawmaster's rerolls, um, hit with everything from his lance, wounded with everything from his lance, and then he rolled, like, one... Was she Mystic Shielded? She failed to get it off. See, I find this is how I always kill her. They fail to cast Mystic Shield, but they still push her forward. And then you just kill her. So if she doesn't have Mystic Shield on, she's just like, she's easy to kill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think because the Scythe Hunters had gone down, he felt like he had to, to make up for it. Um, well, like he had to he had to still go and pin me up. Um, and then he had the chance to kind of get Dryads over. Sorry, Dryads, um, get his, his um, battle line over. So I'd, com- I'd completely committed to my left flank to get rid of the hunters, and then to get rid of uh, Alariel, and that allowed that stopped me from going over and burning his, and it stopped me from protecting. My mid was kind of protected by skinks in the building, and my right was very, very weakly protected by skinks. Um, so he kind of put her into to weather what she could. However, my guy did nine wounds with his lance, my dragon rider, which even though he'd failed Mystic Shield, it's just ridiculously unlucky. Um, 
And she got finished off um, by, I think all the bites failed to hit them. They failed to get through even with the Lawmaster. And then um, the uh, the claws to the last couple of wounds off her, because I shot her a bit with Judicators and the, um, and the Glay Guard for what it was worth earlier in the turn. Uh, with her down, it was... Um, it was kind of like me and Matt had a little Once chat. Her, she's gone and the and the side's gone. It's game in it. It's yeah, just, well, he's got a it? tiny army. He basically like he got he got to the top table round five with a twenty something model list, which is ridiculous at nineteen thirty points. Um, so we've been doing very very well with it, and I think just playing full out aggro and uh, really intimidating his opponent's armies. Mm-hmm. And he finished thirteenth um, overall, so it's pretty good. Yeah, he smashed it. Um, so, so you won that on a major, right? Yeah, we had a little chat, and he was like, "Well, I'm." I'm I'm going to go for VPs now. There's no way we can do anything here. Um, so he got um, he got more VPs off me there than anyone else had so far added together, I think. He did quite well on VPs. He had almost 10,000 overall. So yeah. <laughs> he absolutely smashed it. Um, it's a very cool list. Like It's a really, really cool list. Um, that was a, it was a great game. It's quite, I find it quite difficult playing on the stream, not like there's just additional things to consider and it's a very equity area of the hall. Yeah, you're in like you're in like it's not a comfortable area where it was sort of pushed to the side and it's quite noisy and there's a lot of people around and then you've got to worry about does it have you speak, got scatter on the table and speaking out got, loud what you yeah, do which you're trying people, to do anyway, but you're doing it to a really full on extent. I find the worst bit's when you're you're thinking and there's someone asks you a question. Oh, what happened there? And you're like, you, you, you. It breaks your train of thought. Yeah, that, and it's um, that 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 to me is the one thing that really, when I was on the stream before, just was really, I find it quite a little bit irritating. Yeah, it's, um, it's very tricky. It happens to me really badly in my game six. Um, so who did you play round six then? So again, I was like, at, at this point, obviously, I was I was doing pretty well. I hadn't hadn't looked at the pack really or, or done the maths, but from what people said, I knew that if even if I got, because I had a painting non. Even if I got a minor loss, I'd be on for winning the event. Yeah, um, but that's you a... texting me the entire time you were playing, saying like he, he should be all right. He's going to podium. He's going to podium, right? The entire <laughs> such a lovely man. Um, yeah. But so I yeah, think I you were a... thirteen points clear at, at yeah. the end of this person second. Yeah, well, I was I was playing, but it's it's that type of thing where I've thought that before, and then like sports have confuse things or whatever and for better or for worse because my army takes so much playing i don't think i get sports i don't think i'm i'm a dick on the table or anything like that i've mentioned this a bit recently but i have to concentrate so much that i don't and i love it and i like it being a kind of a very unforgiving list to play and there being a lot of things to consider but i, I think it stops me from chatting to my opponents as much as i would even if they're like my best mates or really nice people um, like I said about Matty or whatever, so I, I thought I probably wouldn't be getting any of those votes because there's so many nice got, people on the top table. I win wanker. What? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, last round you ended up playing Liam, didn't you? Yeah, I did, um, which I was really glad to see because I just wanted to play someone I knew would be sound again. Um, another Sylvan Earth list, completely different and a really clever one, and a nightmare scenario and list for me to be playing, basically. Uh, it's kind of the Sisters of the Thorn Dryad Bomb uh, list, uh, which is really, really tricky. Uh, tricky in the scenario. Uh, however, I was I was pretty solid on victory points at this stage. Uh, people told me that I was like, even if I got a minor loss, I should still be safe. So um, I went into it 
I wasn't going to play for that because I think if you play for my loss in this, I risk losing very badly against his list. There's just so much flexibility there. Um, and I mean, kind of, it's a hard scenario to get majors in anyway. Um, which one's it called? Knife to the Heart. Knife to the Heart. Uh, Russ has written an article if you want to read about it. Um, but kind of the, the way I tried to play this was to give him enough to think about um, that he couldn't. He couldn't get into me entirely on his own terms. And then I had um, my objective landed in one of the arcane, I think it's the arcane ruins, where the pillars are really fat yeah. and lots of things can't get through. I popped up a Bellwin Vortex next to it, which um, which blocks it off way more. I mean, the game's on stream, but it's there, there's, not like, there's an imaginary bubble around it, and I'm not sure if people realise just how well-protected that objective was. I didn't know how the scenario worked, though, because I never played it before. It was the one we didn't play at Blackout. And... Um, in retrospect, I completely misplayed this. Like, I didn't, I didn't know like the, the exact terms for how to win it. Mm. It's quite often it's... misplayed. It's it's a five five models and no enemies on both objectives from turn three onwards. It's very 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 hard and to do it. And um, yeah, you can play very negative um, and just pick up a minor win fairly easily. Yeah, which is kind of like I, I played aggressively to to try and pin him. Uh, to try and pin him up, I got a little bit distracted at one point, and I think um, there's something with some casualties that got confused, um, which kind of dredged me down a little bit in a in every one side of the board. But I had ten skinks standing in arcane ruins, so a five up save, ignoring rend one, um, with my uh, elf mage next to them, giving them a six up mortal, um, which was fairly well protected, and I kind of managed to scrape through on victory points but my um by the end of it just from having to kind of enunciate and get past the echoes of that end of the hall i was feeling really like really pooped so was liam um it's quite uh quite tricky like i didn't feel pressure for being in a, a high position or anything like i know my list um and i'm pretty comfortable with it but i was just uh just kind of gassed at that point so i'm I'm not doing the game justice, but it's um, it's on stream. I think I played my game five very well. I don't think I played my game six massively well, but I played it well enough, and I ended up getting a uh, minor victory in it. Yeah, well, a, ma- a minor is kind of almost what you play for, isn't it? In that situation, I think the um, as a <laughs> it's almost like, especially with the position you're in in the tournament, knowing that you probably only needed a minor loss to win you you didn't have to all you had to do was not lose and play a vp game so you don't even need to think about the major really yeah um, but i think um yeah i mean it's it is difficult playing on the stream and i think sylvan f as well are one of those armies that are a bit tricksy and take a bit of thinking about and um Some stuff being able to jump out of combat is horrible for me like just yeah. being able to Move, like I didn't even realise that was a thing until the tournament. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you set something, take something off and set something up, you can then charge. It's not, it's not a Blech. retreat because it's not moving. Um, but you, um, you obviously five majors and minor and a patent nomination and ten thousand VP. So you are the champion. Yay! I was like, yeah. I was so so pleased. That, like I um the turquoise yeah. man. Yeah, I just didn't expect it at all, and kind of, especially from the Brian game onwards, I was just like, I thought like, game two, I was like, well, never mind, and I didn't go into it expecting to do fantastically, I took a, a really weird mage, and kind of blocking the Glade Guard up, and 
not taking the second unit of warlocks and stuff like that. I thought the list was a bit. Um, it definitely. I don't think it's the best list in the world anyway, but it's not the best version of the list that I could have taken. Um, but I think I got the matchups where I was unlucky with what I was facing or the scenario. I had luck within the games, like Brian not making his charge or whatever that made a difference. And the biggest biggest single factor is probably my lack of facing um, full inch or Stormcast, hmm. which are both poopy awful for me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's like any tournament when you need the luck you need the draws you know you need to a solid list it's still a solid list i mean it's it's not i wouldn't say it's a weak army um it's not no um and you also got the x factor that nobody knows how to play against it generally (laughs) um which is really nice because you play people and it's like well i don't really they probably underestimate them quite a lot the damage output yeah things so yeah i explain everything to people and then they're like whoa your birds move fast um, yeah, but is explaining like, it and then experiencing it, you know, it's kind yeah, of... six, sixteen-inch move is still a sixteen-inch move. I love like aggro armies, I love movement armies, and I finally, I think I found one that fits exactly with the way I like to play, which is giving myself as many options as possible and allowing me to like kind of act assertively around a, a central hub of me feeling like I'm on the better side of whatever chaos is going on in the middle of the board. Yeah, and I think. Um... Well, obviously, I think it's good good result for you, mate. So well done. Um, just going over like the actual final results. Um, just want to say Liam as well. Sylvan F fourth place with three favorite game votes and only five thousand VPs. But he was playing a very different list, a very defensive scenario driven army. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a solid result for him. It's a real shame he didn't manage to get onto the podium. Um, and again maybe a little bit inconsistency about how they they rank their events at the heats it was done on favorite game votes on the final it was done by victory points so if they did it on favorite game votes he would have been third but because it was done on vps dan ford uh ended up being third obviously still a great result for dan he's been really consistent with his murder host obviously then you had uh, james williams with iron jaws in second so um with a massive eleven thousand vps Jealous. Um, just, yeah, a bit strange. I mean, I mean, it was such a big field as well. I think you could have quite easily played six games, especially where they weren't ranking it by Swiss, and 100%. avoided like what I would call particularly solid or competitive players or builds. I think there was still that, there was some people who avoided those kind of matchups. I think they've said they are going to from now on, and they did do the final two rounds in that manner. Yeah, they did, because I... I, I sort of made them aware and said that actually it's not brilliant because you're going to end up with loads of people playing each other again like being drawn again because there is no separator and that did happen yeah and they had to then so i I just said look you need to do something because it's just not it's not going to work (laughs) um um but then you had uh chris myhill with stormcast in fifth i think he's going on healing hammer for a saucy um I saw a tweet about it today. So, if you're a subscriber for Healing Hammer, now they're back podcasting, then you, you can check that out. And he's he's got a quite an interesting Stormcast list. So, um, I think after his Blood and Glory and the final, he's going to talk about what he's been doing. Uh, Tony Moore in sixth with his disciples. Um, then Ben Curry with uh, Legion. Gary with Krajons, Pano with Corn. And then Swalek uh, from the Bristol Club with Corn in tenth. And then Les just outside top ten. 11th um 
what I thought was quite interesting. If you look at the, the results, it's order, destruction, chaos, order, order, chaos, chaos, order, chaos, chaos, order, 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 chaos, destruction, order, destruction, destruction, chaos, chaos, order, chaos, order, 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 chaos, order. You notice I'm not saying death. Um, 38th was the highest death player, which um, a bit sad to see, really. I'd I'd like to see it a bit more um, evenly spread. Um, I'm sure there'll be some some changes to maybe help help the death faction. It's kind of why I've been a little bit interested in playing death, to be honest. Um, trying to see if what I can do with them, uh, but I, I, they do struggle a bit, I think, uh, especially in the scenario play. But yeah, that yeah. was the GT. Should we talk about painting before we wrap up? Yeah. So. Byron, you picked up a painting? Yeah, Turquoise Man's. Turquoise Man. I picked up Unit with my Skyfires, which I was dead happy about, because um, I, I didn't like where they were in the cabinet. They were not at eye level, and they were like a bit washed out by the lights. They you weren't confident really... at all, were you? No, they've got some really bright lights in those cabinets. If you're on the second or third shelf brilliant if you're on the top shelf no <laughs> um my um i really hoped i'd have done well with my hero as well but um he's the hero one if you've got like a, a nice freehand banner or something that's always going to look really nice oh, so i think he needs whatever hero i do next needs to have like some swag freehand banner or something to like draw you over to it um, I mean, it, it probably speaks volumes that I choose to display my guy backwards. And yours is always backwards as well, so you can see the banner and the cloak. Yep, and the free hand on the shield, which is on his back. So, um, yeah. I probably should have put my shaman in backwards, because the back of the model's better, because you've got the, the feathers and the robe and everything. So, I don't know. I, I just feel a bit dirty putting it in, <laughs> putting it in backwards. <laughs> but, I never feel dirty putting it in backwards. Lol. I might have to just. I might have to go past next time and turn your model round, yeah. even the playing field a we're little bit. We're joking about it with a submission. <laughs> they uh, they told me that I was. They was just were lurking just about in earshot of me, saying that all models had to be turned face forwards, and they turned around and just smiled and went like, "Ah, we're only kidding." Yeah, <laughs> but no. So with the actual um, oh, and monster went to Chris Mills of Star Drake, I believe. Yeah, yep. I think so. Yeah. Um, looks really good in the cabinet the snow just with those lights and the the metal work on it just it's all so shiny and you can't miss it in there it looked it looked really good um with the actual armies they rolled them this time so they put out numbers in the cabinet and then diced off where you ended up in the cabinet which i think's fair it's fair but if you get in that top corner where I was, right under those lights, it's um. But but you could finish your game last and be there anyway. So, but I, I finished my game early, and I was like the second person to go in. No, I, got... I, I was in before you, dude. I was like third or f- in, I think. Because I, really? I I think it's fair to randomise it. It shouldn't be. Oh, it is. But there was a deaf army under mine that was really dark that could have benefited from being in the light. But instead, my army went on top of it, and I basically covered the entire cabinet, like, shelf, so all the light got blocked out, and then all the armies under mine were all in darkness. 
it's I think uh, I know why you didn't like it because you had a bad spot and I get that but I think it's the only fair way to do it man it's... yeah but it wasn't even like the spot it was the light it mm, just yeah. all the colors in my army rely on not being under a flashlight because the turquoise and the pinks and everything just go like almost bleached when when like those halogen bulbs are on them um i said to like the guy he's like can i um can i block out a bit of the light he's like no you you can't take the bulbs out i was like oh can i stick something over the bulb so no you can't put anything over the bulb i i still like armies on tables like displayed on a table so you can actually get in there and have a proper look around it like they were at blood and glory like we do at face hammer Mm. i think Um, it is it is what it is It's, it's what they do it's fine. It's cool. Yeah. It's just you just have to just just deal with it, isn't it? I mean, it's just you know, it's, it's yeah. what it is. So, um, who who are other armies were up there then? So, you, did all three of you get a nom? Yeah. <laughs> Anyone else that we know? Chris Mills obviously was there. Yeah. Some um, other armies. How many was it? Was it, it like there was quite a lot, wasn't there? It was like nine. Quite nine. I think they put nine destruction armies. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, it's Chris's friend. I want to say it's Steve. Is it Steve, Steve Rose? Rose? Yeah. Yeah. Or Chris Rose. He had a destruction army in which looked tasty. There were yeah, some really nice great. death armies in there. Yeah. And um, um, they only did a, a number one, didn't they? Was it just players' yeah. votes? Yeah. It was player votes, and that went to um, Chris Mills. Yeah. Our prediction. Yeah, which I, I told him that the week before at Face Hammer. I was like, your army in those cabinets is going to look amazing. It's just going to shine so well. And that light, the snow just sparkles. It's yeah. just like the GW snow as well. It's not even the crushed glass or anything. It just looks really good in that in that light. The GW snow is really nice. You don't need to yeah. do anything that fancy with it. Um, but, yeah, I, I think um, snow basin's always a very good way to get your army noticed. But his army is very nice. I mean, when we oh, were yeah. at Face Hammer and we, we had the photographs and zoomed right in on it and you could see, you know, all the highlights and everything. It's done really well. It is a really nice yeah. army. So this no, I definitely deserve more on to that. him. It's good that, you know, I think it's really good to have, um, you know, because obviously fairly newish to tournaments and and stuff like that and i think it's really good to see that he's done bashed out several top level armies hasn't he he's kind of just yeah um, he's doing the fire slayers now he's got to paint like 120 men yeah. to display he did it in like six weeks he'd be grand. he did the silver neff one as well didn't he yeah. so yeah it's silver neff one was quite good too um which is nice he's a top bloke as well yeah so yeah. that's always good so well done to you and um that was it, really, wasn't it? I mean, wasn't there anything else really to talk about, or is it? We kind of. I think that that sort of wraps it up. I think, you know, it's the first first sort of like competitive sort of run of events that I've done at Warhammer World, and it was, you know, my only downside is that it's six games and it's a drive back, but that's other than that, it's pretty well done. Yeah. Overall, I think um, for me it was. Um... It was a good. It was a good event. Um, I wish. I almost wish this year I had an army that I wanted to play with, and and I stuck with it. I just. Did, I've been so unsure about what I wanted to do all year, and I keep just moving around, and I'm not really settled. Um, so, yeah, for me, the heats and the final are okay. Um, I don't feel I was ever really trying to compete at them i was just kind of playing because i wanted to be there with my friends so uh maybe next year will be a bit different 
but um, Heat ones very soon and probably not going to have time to get anything ready for that really so not sure but yeah it was pretty cool so uh, but I think it's really good that that Byron won it because it's just it's just you know it's nice to see one of us do, winning it because to be honest it's it's just good I just think um, it just oh, shows yeah. like the quad like, that in terms of like our podcast as well like the gaming side is you know we've always been even like at team events and stuff we've been smashing it but like it's good to see in individual events like Les and Byron particularly getting more kind of accomplished as gamers um, yeah. in Age of Sigma so because um, obviously like in 8th edition you guys weren't weren't quite me and Terry were sort of doing a lot better no, I was just doing painting yeah yeah. so it's nice to see that you know it's almost like the complete the complete package isn't it of gaming and, and painting amongst the podcast so yeah, none of us have won a painting prize for a while, have we? Well, well, no. Terry, <laughs> didn't you win one recently, Terry? Well, uh, yeah. Uh, well, the then. next the next show we do, Blood and Glory. <laughs> yeah, as I say, like you won one like a week ago. Um, yeah. So, um, so uh, what we're saying is that so for the next lot of heats and stuff for us, are you gonna you gonna compete on the paint side of things as well? Depends. It depends how things go. Uh, not for Maybe January. For heat definitely not for January, but Heat Two. I, I might have a reveal um, for Heat Two. We'll see. Well, you, you need to get that. Need to get that nom. Me and Les have had five out of five noms at Warhammer World. Byron's had what two out of three because you took death to one of them. Mate, uh, I've got a paint. I've got a best army painting award at Warhammer World this year. Oh, you did from the doubles yeah. <laughs> with my with my corn army. Um, it might have been because it was t- teamed up with the turquoise men, but you know, badass yeah. But great. it looks so good. Like the two grey armies, one with blue, one with red, it just looked really nice. It looked like we did it on purpose. It did it was look, amazing. It looked completely intentional. Chaos in <laughs> order, blue and red, you know, grey is a neutral colour unifying the entire army across each other. It and, you know, bases mine are grey and orange, yours are grey and blue. It just do with orange bits on it. So it all tied in, do you know what I mean? It looked really good. Um so but yeah, yeah I mean like, accidental normal. award. <laughs> Um, yeah, but you know we won all our games all as well, and yeah, you know, shame not to win the event really. But you know, hey ho, yeah. But I think next year um, I've got an army I want to work on. Um, it depends, really. I mean, like it's, I just don't have the the kind of the hunger for it. If that makes sense, I don't have the drive. I take some really silly lists, but I need to speed paint if I, if that's going to happen. I just haven't had that that like kind of motivation to do it like, i haven't been like oh, i want to compete or i want to do this i want to do that i just haven't had the drive i've just been really kind of almost <laughs> i'm almost ad macking myself you know just like chilling out and doing what i want because um, yeah. i've you know i've got a lot of trophies and i've done a lot in the hobby over the years it's not like it's i don't feel like i've got a best painted at a gw grand final you know i've got i've got that already so it's not like yeah, admittedly, it was like a long time ago, back in like seventh edition. But I do have it, so it's like it's not like I have that hunger for it. I've kind of achieved the objectives I wanted to achieve in most of the hobby. It's not like I've got, so I'm not, I haven't got that drive. If that makes sense. So um, yeah, I've just been a bit more relaxed this year. I haven't really done much, so I don't know. Maybe next year. The leisure afforded to you by being the current master. Yeah, I think that's probably the main problem this year because I won the Masters, but everything else just kind of felt like I didn't need to bother. 
but um, I haven't I hadn't found an army that really I'm really happy playing with as well. Everything feels a little bit lackluster, um, in some way. It doesn't quite couldn't quite gel with me. I've been quite enjoying playing the death uh, last few events, like you know playing Nighthorn and playing my list of blood and glory I really like and stuff like that. So there's you know there's a little bit of of like and I'd quite like to play with Soul Blight. You know, so there's some, but I, I know they're not, they're not competitive, competitive. So um, that's kind of thing. I know if I'm playing, if I make that decision to play Death, I don't think I'll be getting podiums. Basically, you need to run even more than you would do with yeah. a normal yeah, army. You just need, you need not that they can't, but you need more luck than you do with another army. Basically, so it's like, yep. it's just how it is. But yeah, that's cool. So anyone else want to say anything else, or we're done? No, I think we're uh, I think we're good until the Blood and Glory show, which we'll be recording next. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing on stream on the 22nd um, Ooh, against yeah. Mark Wildman, so we'll see what happens when I face against the teams that I've been bitching about for Wasn't a this year. Today, Ben Curry versus Adam Hall. Yeah, it was. Yes, I don't. I, ben Ben was up when I was watching. Ben lost. It. Who lost? Ben. Yeah. Oh. I mean, he, oh was, no. he looked like he was smashing it when I watched. Zinch, isn't it? Yeah, I did say like I really want Adam Hall to win, <laughs> just because... because after I was drunk at Blood and Glory and told him that he used to be good. <laughs> I think it's because I remember when Adam was sort of semi-retiring from Warhammer, if that's a term, and um, he went to a team event with Team Bad Dice and Ben was given so much grief about something he did which lost them around. And I just, I just, I don't know, part of me's just like, he, he being. It was a really good game, I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, so I'd say it's on the stream, so you can go watch that. Um, there's loads of Shades Bar stuff on the stream, really cool. If you want to watch back the GT final, uh, Dan Heelan was commentating. Um, and bloody great job as well. Yeah, yeah, Dan's Dan's solid, obviously a bit of a professional. Uh, and um, you can watch two of Byron's games, the last two that we talked about against Sylvaneth, and also there's other games going on there as well. And um, I f- and obviously Les features on the stream as well. Um, and yeah, so that's really cool. And then Blood and Glory, we'll do a show on that soon, um, probably next week at some point. Or, or the weekend, I don't know. We're all a bit busy at the moment, but we've taken some questions as well recently that we can do a little mini show on. Yeah, we're gonna. I thought we'd probably best to break those out into either the Blood and Glory show or into a mini show about your army, um, whichever we do. So, um, but we've got those those noted down. Event as well. We've got like the War Chief event this weekend as well. Yeah, we do. So. Yeah, so we're gonna do a, sh- a little coverage on that. Although um, I might just end up playing Shade Spire all weekend and not playing the event, so yeah, yeah, drunk with me for my birthday. Yeah, I need to do that. I need to do that. So, uh... Prime time. Yeah. <laughs> so, Prime time. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I think that about wraps it up. So thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back soon with another show. Uh, yeah. So take it easy and talk to you soon. Thanks. To make sure you don't miss out on any more Hammer to Your Face, subscribe to us on iTunes, add our RSS feed to your reader, and follow us on Twitter at facehammer underscore. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to give us some feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. <laughs>